wasn't super ideal. And like, I, how long do these normally run? Do you guys have like a limit, or do you just kind of go with the flow? Well, we just flow, yeah. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we just. Yeah, we I hate when they're like, "Well, we gotta keep it under an hour." I'm like, I'm the wrong fucking guest nah. for you, then, man. <laughs> no, our last one, OG went for what three hours? Yeah, it was three hours. Who do you have, Vern? Uh, no, OG, OG Bands. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Hell yeah. But uh, that's somebody I've still been needing to link with because we've been in contact but haven't set anything up yet. Mm. Just because I don't like, and we learned this the hard way, um, like booking too many in advance. Yeah. Because it was like, all right, you know what, we're just going to book one every week and see how that goes. And then like, we had to cancel them. And I think like a bunch of got lost in the shuffle. Mm. I think we we missed connections like twice. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm real bad like, about keeping up if I, if I book shit too far out. Because yeah, then I'm man. just like, I realize I've got a show in Cincinnati the same day or some shit. And it's like, because after this, I got to go to, a, like, immediately to a comedy show that I'm throwing. Wait, the, the ass out yeah. uh, podcast? And then, uh, and then after that, I've got, like, a meeting, like, a business meeting. And I'm like, because it's the only time they can meet is tonight. And, like, they're not going to be able to this week. And I've been putting it off. And I was like, okay, we're going to have a business meeting, but I'm going to be real drunk for that business meeting. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, That's going to be like the awesome deal, especially like working for yourself. Just Yeah, man. it is cool. And it's like, I don't know, man. Like, I'm not the type that like, I don't get like fucking blackout drunk. Like, I'm real good about just reaching tipsy and staying there. Just get business drunk. Right. Yeah, exactly. Business drunk. So, well, it's like, it won't even be this is the problem. It's the comedy show, man. Because like the, it's always, we do it like. In the like afternoonish, like we do it like six okay. to like nine, and so they have happy hour prices at the Nautilus basement. Hey. So they'd be having these huge, fat ass Long Islands for like two fifty. <laughs> Shit! Or so yeah, you can't like, do it for three hours. Yeah, it's yeah, you like, just five bucks and you're fucking hammered. Right. And so like, and I just love stand up comedy anyway. So like, I just love getting drunk and just laughing the whole time. Because like, I started that show with them, but I don't really do much when it comes to building the show like I was on the ass out podcast one time and then Christian the one dude on it was just like hey man like I kind of think I want to get into throwing comedy shows like is there anything you can help me with I was like well I want to get into throwing comedy shows so we'll figure this out together but then he just kind of started taking the reins and once I just showed him a couple little things he's like all right I got the venue I booked the lineup blah 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 just make the flyer for me so I do that but it's also now I want to do like my own uh, comedy show that like I'm completely in control yeah. of. This shit is beautiful. Do you ever think about it? Uh, it's great, dude. I'm telling you, it's great know. weed, my friend. Nah, I try to break it down, so I pass you with the grind. I'm like, I even <laughs> yeah. go, like, you got it. Yeah. Beautiful. It is. So, uh, who's some of your favorite stand-up comedians? I know you said you like stand-up. Um, sure. I mean, shit, man. Obviously, obviously, the greats, like, you know, I mean, Chappelle. I'm just so overwhelmed with joy to see him still murdering it out here. Oh, yeah. man. The way he that, writes his jokes, like... Yeah, like... And his styles evolve, too. That's the yeah. other thing. Like, it's, it's not the same shit or whatever. Because I don't really like Louis all that much. Like, he's got some funny stuff. I liked Louis' show better than I liked Ooh, Louis' like, really? stand-up. Yeah. So I like his stand-up oh, better yeah. than his show. His stand-up I like the stand-up he did in yeah, his show. True. Like, the, at the beginning of the episode, how he's always in the comedy club. And yeah, stuff. and that's oh. how the episode starts up. Yeah, right. yeah. Like, um, like Seinfeld. Yeah, right. exactly. Mm. I like uh, I like Burt Kreischer a lot. I like uh, Kyle Kinane. I've seen him on uh, Joe Rogan. That's the only reason. I yeah. yeah. There's this one girl comedian. I forget her name. Um, it's like Angel or something like that. I forget. But she's this black girl. She's fucking hilarious, bro. Like, she's been murdering shit. But, because, uh, like, I'm the type. I don't like watching funny shows. 
Okay. I don't like I don't like funny shows. I don't like funny movies. Sure. I just like stand up comedy. I just that's really? the way I want to laugh. Huh. There's like comedy movies I like, of course. Right. Yeah. Like but, as far as your go-to, like, I'm going to watch this movie. It's not like... I'm just not like a now. dude that's like, oh, let's sit down and watch mm-hmm. 40 episodes of Family Guy. Like, I don't give a fuck about that. Okay, okay. Like, that makes sense. Yeah, Because yeah, yeah. a lot of that era of humor, I think, was kind of cheat Cody anyway. Like, South Park laid it out perfectly. Yeah. And South Park had the Family Guy episode, and, like, they showed the factory mm-hmm. where they make their jokes for it, yeah. and it was, like, sea lions. Yeah, it's picking the, yeah, the bubbles yeah, out of the ball. Yeah. yeah. And, um... So, like, a lot of that random-ass humor of, like, the mid-2000s, I just didn't get into that much. Like, The Office? Um, the Office wasn't so much the rant. That was, like, kind of, like, slightly after. Because I was a big fan of Parks and Rec. I didn't really like The Office, okay. but I liked Parks and Rec a lot. See, and that's okay. how most people I find are. Even yeah. though I felt like The Office birthed that, like, whole line of Yeah, like, it couldn't have happened without The Office. I just right. thought Parks and Rec had more colorful characters. Oh, Whereas, very, like, The Office, absolutely. it was just, like, it was about the humor of, like, the homogeneity of everyone just wearing suits and being in an office together right. and stuff like that. Right. But Parks and Rec was about, like, the chaos of working for local government and, yeah. like, how different everyone mm-hmm. could be doing mm-hmm. it and stuff like that. So I did like that. And, like, there's been funny shows that I like. It's not, like, a complete blanket thing, but... The way that I really prefer to laugh is just fucking stand-up comedy. Or podcasts. Like, mm. comedians on stand-up. Uh, or stand-up <coughs> comedians on podcasts. Right, right. So. Yeah. That's how I got introduced to podcasting was because um, Neil Brennan. Mm. Neil's really good. Like, really I heard good. he had the Appreciate podcast it. with Moshe Kasher. Um, Moshe Kasher's hilarious. I forget well. what it was called. But they would do what we're doing now, just like have on, like, they would have like Charlamagne the God on. Or yeah. Just like, people like that and just have real ass conversations and it was still funny mm-hmm. and then that's why I realized like oh podcasting is really just asking questions yeah not even sometimes it's just a conversation just like, chilling yeah because when I discovered it I, I probably started listening to Rogan can you have just, me last Friday another one <laughs> I've been trying to get him on Rogan, man. I just talked about that yesterday <clears throat> like it's probably the best podcast well he was one of the first man like the first people Give you guys a little podcast history lesson. Oh, please. Ricky Gervais was the first stand-up comedian with his own podcast. Really? I bet that shit was hilarious. It was. It was so weird and nobody knew what to do with it yet. Because podcasting in general wasn't even big yet. And Adam Carolla was the next one to take it really, really big. Because Adam Carolla was on Love Line with Dr. Drew forever. And um, that was like the most successful radio show like in the world at the time. Our homie James used to work for him. Okay. Oh, shit. That's right. Yeah, who does this go to? Oh, uh, already. Uh, <laughs> and so, but then Kevin Smith, the movie director, was right. another big one. He he was the first person to ever start a podcast network, like to consolidate and get a bunch of podcasts under one umbrella. And so then Rogan came in because Rogan was one of the first comedians to really have his own website and be on the forums on his website and the message boards and really talking to his fans and releasing weird little videos on the internet and stuff yeah. like that. And then, you know, he started getting into podcasting when he saw Tom Green. Do you guys remember Tom Green? Yeah. yeah Freddie Got Finger, Tom Green? Yeah. Tom Green can help yeah. a dead he, uh, <laughs> Tom Green had his own show that he ran out of his house. It was like a show he had on MTV. It wasn't like the actual, like the fun, he had like a talk show that mm. he used to do. And it was on the internet and then it was like on at like two in the morning on MTV. And I, Joe Rogan said that they went to his house one time him and Brian Redman, and they saw all the stuff he was using just to broadcast to the internet. And his sidekick, Brian, who was actually from Columbus, Ohio, oddly enough, mm. and uh, Brian Redman, he's like a real successful podcast mogul now because he's the first dude to help Rogan. Like He just basically told Rogan, like, you don't need all this shit to do this. Like, 
we just need a couple webcams and like a good server. But like Joe Rogan was a huge fan of the video game Quake. So like in the late 90s, he got like high, high speed internet cables installed into his house and shit like that. And had like super ridiculous high speed internet before high speed internet was like really a thing. And so it's just like, it's so funny seeing how all those little factors in the perfect storm of that whole situation created the podcasting boom of like 2013 on. Because that's when I got into it because I was watching (laughs) political podcasts first. And, you know, because it was... It was better for me than the news just because it's like, mm-hmm. you know, people have time to actually make the arguments. It's not the little sound bites that you get. Right. But then I saw Adam Carolla. I was like, oh, yeah, Adam Carolla is funny as fuck because I used to listen <coughs> to old episodes of Loveline. Bro, if you go listen to those old episodes of Loveline, they're on YouTube. Loveline was one of the most brilliant shows ever, and I wish that it was still around, like, the way it was. Loveline. Bro, like, literally just anyone would call in with a sex or romance problem. And Dr. Drew would tell him from the medical doctor, it's smart standpoint, and then Adam Carolla would just clown him and just make fun of him <laughs> the whole time. And it was oh, it was literally shit. it was a flawless, perfect dynamic. And they, they were the top rated show for all nine years that they were on together. And then one day Adam Carolla just got fired and he was like, Fuck. Like that was my whole income. And like so he had to become a stand-up comedian just so he could tour because there were plenty of fans of the show still fans of him and he did did the man show and shit like that that's why I remember his name from the man show that shit came on like Adult Swim or something I'm good on this though okay yeah I'm doing cool right now Um, but yeah and so he uh, just started doing these stand-up shows and he would book five, six shows in a a, a night or something like that and just he grinded it out for like two years until he had like a decent amount of money and he bought a fucking radio studio and because I forget who he saw doing it but he was just like fuck it man I'm going to start my own radio show and he was the top rated podcast in the world for I think five years straight wow. he's still probably up there now it's harder to gauge and track because there are truly so many man everybody but because with me man like I, I was just waiting on podcasting to really really hit hip hop because hip hop was kind of the last of the party when it came to, I mean, they had a Combat Jack show and, mm, but that was a the only other one, ones. and that was hard to find. Because mm-hmm. I remember there was when I actually got into podcasting, that's what I was looking for. Is like, all right, who are some artists? Like, I know this is not just these people talking, but like, I had to go like it, it took me like weeks into listening to po- a bunch of self help podcasts to get to the point where I can listen. To, where I found um, the Combat Jack show, mm. um, the one Neil Brennan, the, uh, I can't, the Champs podcast. That's what it was called. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, there was another one, the black guy who tips. Ah, okay. <laughs> Those were like my God, three that got me like hit to it because I was looking for like because I, I worked at a call center mm. and but I did collections so most people weren't answering the phone anyway. Yeah, so you just had headphones in. That was yeah. the exact same situation with me, man. I worked in an office. I had a cubicle job randomly. It was the only one I've ever had. But they were cool. You just have a headphones in the whole time. Oh, so because I didn't have to really be on the phones until just the end of the day. And so I had all the first five hours of the day just to listen mm-hmm. to podcasts. And so I started getting into history podcasts, which are super lit. Still some of my favorite are history ones. I never really got into the true crime ones as much. Some of those, I'm just um, like, they found her where? Yeah. It's a, yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's so fucking depressing. I'm like, yeah. I really can't do this. Like, I can't live. Well, there's this dude named Dan Carlin. And he does a podcast called Hardcore History. And this dude is like... You remember, like, the cool teacher you had in school? Like, there was that one teacher that was just cool, and when they taught you stuff, you fucking listened, because you were just like, damn, like, they're really explaining this shit in an entertaining way. He's that dude, like, times a thousand. 
He just like has the most dramatic way of explaining fucking history to you, and it's so long and drawn out. But he will do a whole series on Genghis Khan or World War One. Like so, I listen to a whole series of podcasts on World War One, and each podcast is four hours long. He does five of them, Shit. or six of them. Yeah, like the Genghis Khan one, I think it's six four-hour-long episodes. So, bro, like if you have an imagination and you fuck with history, he'll yeah, paint a picture yeah. for you. Like, bro, that's the greatest movie ever. That's like three yeah. seasons of Game of Thrones, <laughs> right, right there. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, man, uh, hardcore history is a great because there was one he did on World War One, and because he takes so long doing it, he has time to tell you weird little fact stories mm-hmm. and little side stories that just add to the perspective of everything else, and it just builds off of it, and it's like. Man, when I would listen to that, I was like, man, I wish I could be that good on radio one day. Man. Just by himself. Because right, it's right, one right. thing, like, if you're a good conversationalist, you could just shoot the shit with people on a podcast and it'll sure, be entertaining. Yeah. Everybody, yeah. Yeah. Anybody can do it. But right. to really, and I think that's why so many people gravitate towards Rogan now, is like, for as random as he is and how varied his guest selection is, when you want to lock into a topic, he can really do that for three hours. And that's really hard to do. Really hard. Especially if you're like a comedian-based podcaster and right. stuff but because i remember i started watching rogan and then i saw the ice house chronicles and it was a old old series of podcasts that it was just in the green room of the ice house comedy club in la okay Ooh. he would just do a four hour long podcast during from nine to one in the morning and all the comedians that were getting off stage would just sit down and they would just rotate like that Ooh, and so one of my goals too. you would literally have like Bill Burr fucking Doug Stanhope Joe Rogan uh, fucking Chris D'Elia like all these different people shit. and a lot of them before they they got they blew up and shit right, like right. that you could hear all of them together on the same podcast but it was like not focused on anything it was just comedians shooting the shit and like there's some fucking gold in those too man cause you really do get to figure out like I think that's why so many people gravitate towards the LA podcast, like comedy podcast scene mm-hmm. and like No Jumper and things like that because like mm-hmm. LA used to be the city that you go to to like make movies and like, Hollywood. you know, yeah, it was like, oh, I'm going to yeah. go there, be an actor, do this, whatever. Now LA, like you have a better chance of going to Louisiana or Toronto and having a successful career as an actor because like those cities are where movies are actually getting made. Like the first Avengers movie, the whole end New York scene was shot yeah. in Cleveland. Yeah, I remember that. Um, yeah. And it's because like Ohio has a, has a tax credit for if you get movies produced in Ohio, it's like a tax break for you. So like a lot of states do that. Yeah. Canada does that too. Canada offers huge film subsidies for people getting movies made in Toronto because it looks exactly like New York. So any mm-hmm. East Coast vibe type movie or whatever, you can shoot it cheap as fuck in Toronto. I don't know how I got onto this. I'm so nice. sorry. <laughs> uh, well, no. Now, though, L.A. is the place where you go to be like Logan Paul or to do live the podcasting life. You know what I mean? The blogger kind of like internet thing. That's where L.A. still has a ton of power and a ton of like equity and whatnot. And I think the reason people gravitate towards it is because with long form content and podcasting, you can really delve deep and like get a picture of what their fucking life is like. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. Burt Kreischer does his podcast from his man cave in his house. And you yeah, can see his, yeah. like, kids and shit playing and his dogs. And, like, yeah. you kind of have an idea of what his right. life is like. Same with Joe Rogan and all that. Yeah. And so it's just, like, it cuts out all the weird creepiness of, like, tabloids. Mm-hmm. And it gives you all the stuff that you wanted to know, which is why you read the tabloids anyway. Mm-hmm. But it's just in the, con- it's in more of the control of, like, the creator of the content. 
So it's like a lot better and safer, I think. Like podcasting is fucking dope because it's also replacing the fucking news too. Oh, yeah, it is yeah, for absolutely. sure. Like, cause I don't, I get my news straight from like Spotify. So I just recently found this out. Like Spotify, like will create a list for you, yeah. but it also like will like uh, throw in news clips from podcasts that you fuck with. Mm. And so like I'll be listening to Big Crit, and then it'll just come in real quick. Like, all right, this happened with this week, minute and a half, and then just go on to the rest of my playlist. And they'll do that like two or three times. It's like that's like a morning drive playlist. I forget what it's called though. Yeah. But nah, that's I, that's how I get my news as opposed to that and Twitter, yeah. as opposed to actually watching the news or listening to the radio. I don't really fuck with Twitter, man. Like Twitter is just very. <clears throat> it's the most useless to me because I do this. I can talk for an hour straight. Right, so right. like being able to put shit in two hundred forty characters is just not lit to me. Mm. And it is good to get information and stuff like that. Right. But the problem is, is like all the shit you got to wade through. And of course, it's like any social media platform. The more you use it, the more useful it becomes. For sure. And like websites are designed to only reward the people that click and interact. And so it's like if you're trying to casually be on Twitter every four months, it's going to be a fucking nightmare. Oh, yeah. It's not yeah. going to work for you. And I can't open it at work because it's porn. Like, <laughs> like yeah. you got to be, you gotta be right. in Twitter yeah. all day. Yeah. Like, Twitter, you have to just be able to be on your phone. Like, I like Instagram the most, for sure. Um, just because it, I don't know, there's just way more options. That yeah. is different, like, seeing it as opposed to reading it. I yeah. With content. I don't like Snapchat, though. But I like what Snapchat does, if that makes sense. Like, the app itself is trash to me. I hate the way it's laid out. I hate the UI of it. Yeah, I hate mm-hmm. it all. It's so redundant and fucking stupid and mm-hmm. not user-friendly. But... What it actually does was fucking brilliant. But also, if we want to get conspiratorial, though, it's a giant facial recognition program for the government. Oh, okay. <laughs> I believe that. I believe that. I, I mean, that. when you look at it, it makes yeah. perfect sense. They have the facial structure and data mm-hmm. of every single teenager born in the last, what, 10 years? Yeah. 20 years? And a lot more than that, but I'm saying, like, they will get to a point that they'll have whole generations of just, like, they have everyone's facial Shit. data. Shit. I never thought about Snapchat like that, but yeah, yeah. all that, yeah. Man, like, they they never show it in, like, movies or talk about it on the news, but, like, when Border Patrol takes people or when soldiers take in prisoners, take them to Guantanamo or whatever, they get facial recognition from them because, like, they, the military knows and government agencies know mm-hmm. that within fucking five years, facial recognition software and shit is going to be everywhere. And we're always going to mm-hmm. be watched. It's already happening in China. Like, literally right now. Oh, they're breaking down the shit. Yeah, yeah, that's why they're doing that. Is because, like, the government has their facial data. And, uh... So they're looking at me right now. Yeah. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Right, right. And, uh... But with Snapchat, it's just like... There's that... And and to me, it's like... I'm just saying this to say that, like, it is what's happening. Not like, oh, they're trying to get us, man. It's just like, no, it's like... With the technology that we have, this couldn't not happen. This is the course of how shit is going to be. Like, we've been watching it in sci-fi movies for years. Why do you think we've been watching it? Because people can think that up. Right. And so... (laughs) Yeah. And so, like, then when they actually have the technology to do so, of course, there's going to be billboards that change when you walk by them. Like, whatever you are most likely to buy, the billboard's going to know that. It's going to read your face and... Yeah, that shit can happen. They already have the technology for it. It's not like a conspiracy. Like, you can go on Wired and read this shit, but it's like, people don't give a fuck. The Chinese people give a fuck. Yeah. Because they have to live with that shit. They have a social credit system now. 
Like yo, that you, shit on Black Mirror, bro. Like that's, if you dead serious, yeah. If you Wait, what? if I, you like, all right. There is uh, this video of these dudes that they're citizens of China, like they're like immigrants in China. They're the dudes from Australia. They're computer programmers, so they work uh-huh. for some corporation in China. And they said when they walked across the street, when they jaywalked, they had a text on their phone that was like uh, the ticket for jaywalking before they got to the end of the street. Holy shit. That's terrifying. And it's like, that's because there's that many, yeah, there's that many cameras. And they don't, a lot of times they don't even have to watch the camera they, or watch you. They have to just see your phone yeah. because everything is run by QR codes in China. That's how you pay for everything. So like when you go to McDonald's and get a burger, you pay with your cell phone. Everything's linked to your phone. And so like, yeah. And so like if you do too much shit and there's like literally just an army of snitches. Like, and that's how it was in Soviet Russia and shit too. But like there's just. We're getting so far off track. No. <laughs> we didn't introduce the show yet. AKAs. <laughs> oh shit. But I'm just saying, man, like it's it's just what people do. Right. When people have the ability to do shit like that, they will. Spy on people, Absolutely. see yeah. shit, prevent stuff, try and mess with things, people will do it. And it's like they're already doing it in China, and that's why like people in China are like rioting and tearing down like phone poles and shit, because right. those are cameras. That's why are watching them. Yeah. That's scary. America, not so bad. I mean, yeah. I mean, we're definitely getting spied on too, just as oh, much. Yeah. But like, we're not getting texts about it. They're not blowing up our phone too. Yeah. Like, 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 Jesus. Yeah. And I'm in the middle of the street. <laughs> you text me like before oh, I get to the end of the. Come on, man. That's crazy. Yeah, it's just like yo. It's too much. Yeah, and if uh, but like people can like give you a Yelp score. Other citizens can like give you a fucking Yelp score right. and be like, yo, this dude's not good. He's terrible. Like, and you can have a low social rating and like certain businesses will be like, yo, we don't serve you. That was straight black mirror, man. Yeah. The following is a Breaks Media podcast. Socially unacceptable. Socially unacceptable. Socially Set it off, you know what it is. Yeah, no, I need some water. I'm, I'm parched because I'm gotta stay hydrated. I'm gonna hit this. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> I always feel awkward starting the show. Like right. right. <clears throat> this is the socially unacceptable podcast. Not even try it again. That's that's that the one. Hot. That's the rough. Yeah, that's the rough. All right. Welcome back to the socially unacceptable podcast. We'll just give it to you straight. There it goes. Um, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, mm-hmm. Overcast, Pocket Cast, Spotify, and all those other casts for that, for that ass. ass. Um, 
You can follow us on Twitter and everywhere else at a dope little podcast. Yep. Um, shout out to Nerd. Yep. At K N U R D. Follow them on Instagram and Twitter. You'll come up, tell them we sent you. That may break you off a little something, something for the something. Little piece, you know what I'm saying? I think that's all the housekeeping. Is that the all the housekeeping? Uh, that might be it. Yeah, that's it. That's all right, where they call you? Where you from, play? It's your boy, Barry Why You know, don't call me Barry no more. Call me Bernard, because we grind out. A.K.A. Rezzy Miller. A.K.A. Quasi Smoke Joe. My name rings bells. You bastards. A.K.A. Young Axel Foley. I got that nine on me. <laughs> A.K.A. Stephen A. Spliff. <laughs> I'm smoking weed. A.K.A. Ruapo Fumador. Roll that goddamn G. You better roll that shit, you bitch. <laughs> A.K.A. Tarzan Turk. A.K.A. Pastor Blunt. I'm rolling up while listening to God's music. Praying, laying hands on your wives. That's love. Can I say what two or three are gathered? So shall he be. Can I get an A gram? A gram. A.K.A. 2010 Guap Belly. Your girl loves rubber. While I say, Burr. A.K.A. Double XL <laughs> Cool J. I'm licking my lips at your bitch. I said, I'm licking my lips at your bitch. A.K.A. Young Black and Guilty. <laughs> listen with your cool dick. A.K.A. Keenan Sansa. Stunt double and heavyweights. Double. Shout out for the Emmy. You know what I'm saying? I'm getting that motherfucker. A, AKA B, your baby mom in 2K19, because I, I ain't got 20 yet. Her check ain't hit. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That night's still running. Uh-huh. You feel me? And I'm still losing because your baby in the way. So I threw another fruit snack at his head. So back to soft foods now. Yeah, I ain't trying to hurt him anymore. I feel it. I, I got yelled at for that. <laughs> what they call you when you froze um, up? They call it uh, shit <clears> out. I actually wrote him down to that. that tray one time. Oh, you wrote a, hold on, what? Oh, yes, yes. No, I'm, I'm hold on. Paper. You wrote, wrote it down? I'm pretty sure I missed some. But, you know, it's all about growth. So now that I actually have them on paper, I can possibly, you know, get a cadence. I haven't practiced it at all yet, though. But, um, you know, just, there's coming up. shot. This is a year and some change in. It's the first time you actually wrote it down. And 50, this episode 53. 53 episodes and it's the first time you wrote it. That sounds crazy. <laughs> that sounds, I mean, how okay. long have you guys been doing this? This has been a, a little, year and almost like two years. We've been public for about, about a year. year and a half, yeah. Yeah. You guys are fucking like past the first barrier of like where most people quit. That's what we yeah. heard that from yeah. somewhere before. Yeah. Like, to do mm-hmm. something for more than a year, podcasting especially, because it's a year's game. Podcast is like, yeah, we did it for three years. Yeah, because we started with some and they fell off. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, we did. Yeah. Holy shit! But anyways, they call me Will, That's aka right. Will Split, aka Roland A. Swisher, mm-hmm. aka Don Guillermo El Podcast Poppy, El Podcast Poppy, mm-hmm. aka Young Coin Star, aka Let Me Get Seventy Five Cents on Pump Six, We're trying to get this, aka Young Clutch Vanderlyn, aka Young Drip Fillet. Wait a minute, Clutch Vanderlyn, because you know I always stay with a plan. Because my plan B is to make sure yeah. I play A work. Gotta write that down. down. <laughs> <laughs> AKA, I still gotta write that down. Uh-huh. AKA, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. AKA, your baby mama's work husband. Because when you exhale and express, she's and that's, that's my word. word. But just know when you see me through the window, I'm keeping it PC for the podcast, but you already know the Dell. Mm. AKA, young pumper nigga. Oh, you ain't right how you like them apples? I guess that might be a little. Go ahead, I'm sorry, go ahead. That's, I that's apologize. Like, mm, 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 mm. <laughs> right, right. AKA, your pumper nigga. So I work best when I freshly baked, uh-huh. lightly toasted, what else? buttered on both sides, and paired with fries. Keep the goddamn coast. Unless it's between them. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> yeah, no. All right, cool. Yo, progress. We wrote them down. Stop, man. Okay, and, I like uh, to see the growth, bro. Thanks, you know, you know, because we fifty three episodes in. You just not writing shit down. Yeah, but um, but today we got a special guest with. Ooh, special okay. guest. I would go as far as to say this is probably our most anticipated episode, man. Because ever since we started doing interviews, they've like, hey, you guys need to have this person on. Period. Mm. You guys need to have this person. I, I think it's at least the first four for sure. Yeah, and um, easy. Shoot. Yeah, I don't even know. I mean, <laughs> well, he don't even know his name. Like, <laughs> 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 Hi, I'm Sam. I'm Sam Rothstein. 
Hey. <laughs> very humble, very humble. <laughs> I'm, I'm super, uh, I'm super faded before three in the afternoon on hey. Sunday. I just woke up like two hours ago too. Oh, shit. I slept, I slept in. Well, I had a show last night, but it wasn't even over that late. But I don't know. I just slept good last night. I guess. So like, how many shows you got? You got Space Camp, right? Uh, yeah. You had Declassified. Yeah. Um, I went to Lost in Columbus. You had the Peer Pressure Podcast. You had, um, um Locals Ruin Everything. Okay. The Ass Out Comedy Podcast. Jesus. Um, hold on. I, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. On. You got more. Uh-huh. Um, that, that might be it for now. Well, Cloud City. And of course, one of the founding fathers of Cloud City. Yeah. So what? Then you put out the album, uh, Oh, yeah, Pipeline. That's the other one, too. Oh, the Super Four Pipeline. Jesus. <laughs> then you also just released a project, uh, Lights Out in the Palace. Yeah. Yeah. Is that it? What, what all, what all, how do you describe what you do? Fuck, man. Because <laughs> it's like... Uh, I don't know. I think, um, you know, I, I, obviously before everything, I still kind of consider myself a rapper before everything. But much like when I started rapping and I was just working a nine to five, my nine to five has just changed to something that helps my rap situation as well. Okay. So where like now I just make my money from throwing shows because I'm pretty decent at it, I guess. I mean, I've Space and, Camp a year now too. Is that, and, is that yeah. Year? And Space Camp, you know, like me and Raiden definitely started that together, but that was a lot. A lot of Space Camp success is way more due to him than me. Really? Yeah. Like I was uh, very much just like supporting what, you know, and like we would bounce around ideas and shit like mm-hmm. that. And we always try to brainstorm it and think about other stuff. But. You know, like a lot of the idea for the format of it, the name of it, you know what I mean? I mm-hmm. helped him with the kind of aesthetic of it and how we were going to, you know, make mm-hmm. shit look and whatnot. And those trailers go crazy. And yeah, the trailers <laughs> are all him. That's the thing. The trailers really? that everybody loves, he makes yeah, all those, those too. Those are out of so control, like, <laughs> Yeah, like, um, no, Raiden's a fucking beast. But like, yeah, we definitely started it together, though. Oh, like, wow. it's definitely still like a thing of mine that I care about a lot. Yeah, and it's grown like fucking crazy. Big it's time. definitely, I think, been the most successful show we've ever had. Really? Yeah. I mean, in terms of just like, I don't know if it's like in gross numbers or whatever, if people attended, I think more people attend Space Camp than anything else. Yeah. But. That's dope. Yeah. Shout out to Ray. Because he's also a super dope producer, right? Producer. Yeah. Yeah, he, pro- he produced yeah. most of Lights Out of the Palace. Okay. Okay, because okay, I was wondering, that was one of the I questions. Wondering, hell yeah, that's one of the questions. Like, bro, who did that? Because that project yeah. is so diverse. Mm-hmm. Musically, but we'll get into that. Yeah, right, right. So, um, so you just coming off Cloud City? Yeah, <laughs> thankfully. <laughs> so, so to our like to our listeners, what is Cloud City from your perspective? Because uh, the way you describe it, I, I don't think like yeah, it's a festival, but does way more than man. Because you guys literally man, covered so much going on. Life. <laughs> uh, I think that Cloud City is just uh, the way I always looked at it was just a. Um, it's. I'm so sick of doing the pitch, so I'm trying not to do the pitch right now. Oh, no, don't, don't, I'm just trying like, to like what? describe it to yeah. how I saw it. Yeah. But I don't know. I just saw it as um, we took territory for artists and like carved out a little space and then told artists, hey, this is your space. Do whatever you want with it. And we did that with a lot of different kinds of art forms and whatnot. And a lot of it was very curated as well. But... Um, I don't know. I I just it's like a fucking city, man. Like I, we kind of designed it that way so we could just explain it that way. That it's just mm-hmm. like, imagine if a city was built by artists, and um, you know, when that happens, as it turns out, it's really hard to pay for. <laughs> 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 
Um, but it was worth it, man. Like it was a frustrating ass, uh, like 10 month process. And it, it was frustrating because I learned through, you know, from it and mm. I am better now with business and stuff like that because of it. And the fact that we got 300 or so people to, you know, not just show up, but help us build it. And, you know, when it was all said and done, our team was like around 250 or whatever. Mm, And, and that's including models and just random people hit this and that. And like a lot of it was done by me and Cassie and Isaiah, like a lot of just the actual foot and groundwork. Mm. The majority of the meetings were between that group of people and shout out to Emily Evans as well. And there's a million other people that need shout outs. There's literally like 200 other people. Um, but the fact is, is like people just did it and, um, you know, we paid everybody that we could and we gave a lot of free tickets away too. Um, but I don't know. It was, uh, it was definitely like the greatest artistic achievement of my life thus far to get it. And like when I got to sit down for just like three minutes and actually like look around and be like, oh, this shit worked. Like that is a feeling that I'll probably never forget for the rest of my life. But um, festivals are fucking hard and they're not that fucking rewarding <laughs> to be honest with you like you have to love doing the shit like me to mm-hmm. like get through it or you have to be rich one or the other you have to be able to just take a loss cause like festivals don't make money huh. the big ones don't make money small ones don't really? make money I can fucking tell you on good authority really I, I <laughs> uh, Comfest makes money but even they claim they don't make money but it's like Festivals fucking lose money, but it goes somewhere. Right. <laughs> like, so, like, yeah. Hello, people that show Yeah, it's um, and I don't want to be like too crossfaded and fucking <laughs> just spilling the beans on the whole like way shit works. But like, I don't know. I have so much more respect for people that throw festivals now. Mm-hmm. I used to just be like, oh, it's fucking throwing a show a bit bigger, and it's not. It's a it's a million other different things. And uh, there's no way I could have done it without Cassie and Isaiah and, like, the team of people we had. How did the idea come together, like? Uh, it was basically, Cassie had came to me and Raiden and was like, hey, let's throw a festival. And we had, me and Raiden had been wanting to kind of do a festival of some kind. But, <coughs> but it was more, <coughs> oh, God, it was more than likely just going to be a... Uh, kind of mashup of just Space Camp and Pipeline. Okay. Just a hip-hop EDM festival trying to mix them the best we can. And so then she came to us and um, we are like, well, what do we call it? And she, Cassie, kind of talked about the meditation and wellness and like the other aspects that she wanted to bring to the festival as well. And we knew Cassie's network was way stronger than ours, but we also had a good music network. Mm-hmm. So, we hate, me and Raiden had the name Cloud City just sitting around. And, like, Raiden is, like, a name factory. He can, like, come up with just dozens of names that are all cool as fuck, and he writes them all down. And so, when we need a new show name or something like that or an idea or whatever, you know, we just kind of consult that. So, we had Cloud City sitting around because I really, really liked it. And, um... And I was like, well, we can call it Cloud City. And then the light bulb just went off. And I was like, okay, well, if we're going to do that, because I was like watching the movie Blade Runner at the time. And I had just happened to play 
the game Jet Set Radio, and like all of these like perfect storm things of like really cool pieces of art that are about a city that take place in a city or whatever. That's when it kind of just clicked that I was like, okay, well, because I knew we weren't gonna out, uh, we weren't gonna beat all these other festivals at their own game. That's almost impossible to do, because it's their game. It's not yours. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna out what fest what fest. It doesn't work that way. So the only but, you know, we had no idea how we were gonna pay for it at the time. We were we were seven months away, but then some shit transpired in the middle with us conflicting with the Columbus Arts Festival on the same day, mm-hmm. uh, that we had to change our date as well. Mm. And so like, it was a fucking process, man. It was like a real long journey and shit because then Raiden wasn't able to do as much with it you know because he had to take care of Space Game and do shit for that and Raiden still contributed a lot and did a lot in Cloud City as well um but like I don't know man it's just different it's like um sorry hold on that uh it's like when you're in a guerrilla army and you know no one's forced to stay there they can come and go as they please so like the dudes that that are like in the Taliban or like Al Qaeda or whatever, like a lot of those dudes are just like volunteers and they just go do that shit for a couple months and then they go back home and deal with their farm or whatever, hmm. and like they come and go as they please, shit. and uh, that's how it was with Cloud City, of like everybody had their own farm back home they had to deal with, but it's like if you can come on for a couple months and contribute, and there were some people that came on and stayed on. <coughs> You know what I mean? And uh, there's a lot of people that did. But then, you know, other people had life shit pop up and they, you know, couldn't do what they thought they could before. And, um, but regardless, I was, I'm grateful for, oh God. That sounded like all funny bow. That sounded bad. That sounded bad. All funny bow. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm grateful for every second of time that people gave us. It was, uh, that was the thing that was. Like, the biggest honor to me is that people just put effort into it and like really without worrying about pay without asking about what it was just to get the idea out there and to get the idea done people just put everything into it and shout out to my family too my mom my dad my brother all came through and helped out and um it was just a beautiful thing man it really was but it was stressful as fuck for me like i say all this in hindsight but like the day of it fucking sucked oh it's really good i've met running around yeah i've met like 30 people in the past two weeks, they're like, yeah, we met at Cloud City. I was like, no, we didn't. <laughs> I was like, no, we didn't. You met someone. Right, right. That, was, that wasn't me that day. I was just, man, it was a whole week of just being in there early in the morning and staying until like three or four because I had to wait for the skate ramp to get there. I see, I saw shit. y'all build that. That's yeah. cool shit, yeah. So that was one of the biggest achievements to me too. And one of the things, that was like an 18-year-long dream for me come true of like, seeing uh, skating and music happen at the same time mm-hmm. like yeah. seeing people skating to fucking Asia you know what I mean right, 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 right. Hope, yes. yeah. like that shit is dope to me Hell like yeah. that we actually got that done and you know like we got that shit built shout out to Matt who built that um, I mean he's got like a full ass day job and he would come over every day after work and just fucking <laughs> for fucking nine hours he did it for like three days. Wow. And he had a bunch of buddies up there too and shit like right. that. Because building a skate ramp is like, to dudes that know how to do it, it's like a ceremony. 
you know what I mean, to like build a legit ass ramp and stuff like that, and they're just like getting hammered the whole time. And just fucking okay, as, I can soon, see that as soon as the boards get down, like then they start skating on it before it's even finished to make sure it rides good and like test it out. But it's a solid ass ramp. Dude. I see that made a cool yeah. process. And like, yeah, it was. It was so cool to me to get to see it happen in real time, man. Because I was there the whole day watching them do it. Because I was just setting up shit all over too. That was really the most fun part about Cloud City for me was actually really getting in there and be like, fuck, we have the tents and the structures now will it fit the way I thought it would in my mind and will the cables get hung to do this shout out to uh, Phil from Otherworld um, he he helped us with the lighting with that um, and man like it was just fun getting to be in there and just fuck with the lighting and try and create cause like like I mentioned Blade Runner and shit like that like that's the most I'm good um, that's the most like inspirational thing to me Number one, I don't even think it's that good of a movie. I've never seen. I've it. never seen Blade Like, if you guys aren't in, I don't know if you guys are into sci-fi at all, but if you are, uh, you should watch it. But like, all in all, I watch it from a cinema fan standpoint of like the shit they did visually in Blade Runner. Like that movie looked way crazier than any movie of the time. Hmm. Like, and to make that happen, <laughs> they had to. They had like one backlot set and they had to keep dressing it in different ways. But like when you watch that movie, as boring as the fucking plot is and as bad as some of the acting is, like the movie looks like you're in the fucking future. Like it just straight up like it was so well made. All the interiors, all the exteriors, it was before green screens, all the lights had to be real. Mm. It was real film they were shooting on and shit like that. Like this was hard as fuck to do. And no one's been able to replicate it since. Like some, Well, some people have. I can't say that. But they really designed this fucking city and made it look super real to where, like, okay, say they had a set built to where, like, here's the wall and there's the window. But, like, where that actual wall is, they would build a whole shrunk-down set of apartment buildings to, like, give it a real background and distance yeah. that they can look at and shit like that. And you lose a lot of that now with movies, uh, you know, that are on green screen and shit like yeah. that. And, like, they had Rotoscope back then, which was just their version of green screen. And there's some of that in there. But that was a huge inspiration with me with Cloud City of, like, yo, I want this shit to look the way shit looks in Blade Runner. Like, Blade Runner, everything's wet or steamy or, like, there's just texture to it. There's okay. atmosphere okay. and shit yeah. like that. Yeah. And uh, Ridley Scott is the master of doing that. That's why Gladiator was so dope. Ridley Scott, why, yeah, I'm trying to, that name That's why so fucking familiar. Black Hawk Down was dope. That's why, okay. like, all his movies are crazy, man. And he did. He made the first Alien. Like oh, he made shit. Alien. Okay. Yeah. Like think about that movie and how textured and detailed everything looked. Like he's the yeah. best with like set design and stuff like that. And so I thought from like a set designer standpoint with Cloud City, mm-hmm. and I want to take that shit as far as I possibly can. Yeah. Like I would really love like some much more organized person than me to actually do a lot of the shit that I do right now for the festival just so I could work solely on design and just building shit for the city to make it look a certain way because there's so many more ideas I have now and like in terms of materials and what plastics you would use and what you know like I don't know man like I'd never really done anything like hands on like building and shit like that before in my life Mm. and then I saw it and I was like oh my god I want to build like sets and shit because I was talking to the dude from Otherworld 
And I was like, how the fuck did you get into that? Because he, like, programmed all the lights for all the shit in Otherworld. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. Like, he's a super genius with this shit. Yeah, he he's was like... Beautiful. I've man. seen pictures over here. Yeah, he was like, crazy. well, I, I used to build uh, sets for, like, kids' museums. Like, museums where you go through and you see, like, the dinosaur and the caveman yeah. and shit like that. He used to build those. And I was like, that's random as fuck. But I guess, <laughs> yeah, I guess, so, I guess someone has to do that right, job. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, uh, and that just intrigued me though. I was like, yo, that's so dope. You had to sit and make the, you know, right. Dark Ages thing or whatever. Like, uh, so, I don't know, man. I definitely want to get more into that. I want to, that's what I want Cloud City to be. I want it to really, really feel like, because, you know, this year it felt good and the vibe was right. And like, you know, we did as much as we could with what we had, for sure. And we stretched ourselves to the absolute limit to do it. And the people rewarded it for it or rewarded us for it. But on this next one, you know, and it's going to be two years from now. We're not doing it next year. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. I want it to be way more alive feeling. Like even for the first person that walks in. Mm-hmm. For like the first person that's in there that day on the festival. It's still, there's still shit for them to do. And it doesn't feel empty and weird the way a festival would. Mm-hmm. If you just walk in and there's no one there. Nothing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I get it. Like, that's like a nightmare of mine to just think of, like, a venue with just one person in it. Because I've seen it so many times. And it's, like, spurned my whole motivation for my career of throwing good shows because it's, like, I don't just being that one person in that venue and you're, like, oh, this shit's whack and I'm just here. (laughs) (laughs) It's a a fucking nightmare. That's a nightmare. I don't ever want that or to provide that for somebody. And and I have before. Like, I've had plenty of shows that have fucking eaten shit and just fallen on their face or whatever. But, I don't know. Those, you just get paid in a lesson, though. Mm -hmm. You know? And so, with Cloud City, we got paid in a lot of lessons, too. So, how did you get into throwing shows? What what made made you you want to start? Like, okay, fuck it, I'm going to do this myself. Mm -hmm. So, I had been rapping since, like, 2013. I moved to Columbus late 2015, and... Where are you from? I'm from Lancaster, Ohio. Okay, 740. Yeah. Yeah. Pascal <laughs> Pizza. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything about that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, like, yo, that was a big thing early in my career, though, was, like, talking about Lancaster, and I called it Little Vegas. That's why if you ever hear Little Vegas in my mm-hmm. music, that's what it's referring to. And... Um, I'd been doing shows in Columbus since like probably 2014, but I just didn't live up there yet. So I finally made the way up there and um, it was cool and shit, but I was getting booked a lot, but I was dragging my feet with recording music and uh, I had done so many just boof ass shows. It was like terrible, terrible shows that I was like, man, fuck this. Like, I'm going to try this because I've seen enough shows now. I've seen enough good ones and enough bad ones that I can kind of think I can figure this out. And um, a dude named Dan Rios helped me. He uh, does lights now. He works for uh, Oasis. It's a club over on Bush Boulevard, I think. Bush Boulevard 161. Anyway, uh, I don't know. I just decided, like... I didn't want other people. I just saw that there were promoters and people that they were just standing in the way of artists and the money that they actually deserved. 
because they were either making people sell tickets and stuff like that. That was a lot of the shows I did out in like Buckeye Lake. And like, what the fuck was that? Oh, that's BS, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> was that Mario? <laughs> uh, yeah, the Mario sound made it not threatening, but I was still like, <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? Random as hell, yeah. <laughs> oh, <coughs> Especially from over here in this quarter with nobody at. No, yeah, yeah, that's, that's my fault, y'all. Um, but at the time, I was in the middle of making an album, what was supposed to be my first album. And uh, I threw a show. It was called like Midwest Madness or something like that. A promoter who I won't mention, he it was like, hey, we'll do this show here or whatever. And then you can book it. You can do all that. And then we'll like split it or whatever. And I was like, uh, okay, whatever. Because I, I wanted to try my hand at throwing a show. I'd done it like once in Lancaster and it went bad. But like people showed up, but the show itself was bad. And, um, and like, I don't know. I just fucking tried it and then he wasn't even there for the event and then like he showed up at the end and just like took half the money and like I had to deal with all the problems and he was like drunk and it was just like one of those things that just like burned in my brain forever and I was like this shit is never gonna happen to me again I was like ever and so the next one I threw was it was like six months later no it was almost more than that that was it was probably like eight to ten months later um, cause I had thrown release shows. I think I'd thrown one release show maybe. But yeah, uh, I met Raiden. Me and Raiden were working together on music. He was the only DJ I really knew like that. Didn't even know if he was good at DJing though. And then we did it. We knocked the first pipeline out of the park. We got like almost fucking, it was like 150, 200 people there. Oh wow. It was lit as fuck. It was crazy. <laughs> so what made you take like that eight to 10 month hiatus that you did on that? Did you like... I mean, I was still just making music and playing, like, all the festivals and shit like that. Um, you know, 2016, I did Independence Day Fest. I think I was on 2 by 2 that year. Like, I did a lot of different shit, so it wasn't, like, a conscious hiatus. Like, I just threw that one show, and it was just, like, a shitty situation. And I didn't think about, like, oh, I'm going to immediately go start throwing shows now. I was just like, no, I'm going to not fuck with that promoter. And I'm still going to try and make shit shake with other people elsewhere. I was just good at dealing with promoters, though. Like, they liked fucking with me, and I liked fucking with them. And, uh, yeah, but then once Pipeline happened, and I realized, like, oh, shit, you can just do this? <laughs> like, you can just know a venue and just, I don't know. Like, I got an introduction. Of course, my dude Dan got me the introduction with Brothers Drake or whatever. And I had to go in there and sit down and talk to him and pitch it. But, like, it wasn't hard. You just tell him what the fuck you plan on doing. And, uh... I don't know. It was uh, it went really well. Like it was like a moment. It was like a thing. But uh, they're hard as fuck to throw now. I'll tell you that. Like pipelines. Like I don't do them that often anymore. No pipelines. Those are the shows that like uh, you out of state, right? Uh, well, out of town. Out of town. We've done out of state ones. We just the last one we did, I think, was an out of state one. It was in Louisville. So we've done shit in Dayton and Cincinnati. I do a lot of shows in Cincinnati. Shout out to all, all, everyone in Cincinnati. I love you all. They're great. They're like the nicest people ever. They're just so mean to each other. <laughs> like if you go down there, they'll be, ni- they'll be nice as fuck to you. They'll be nice as fuck to you and welcoming and, and you know, great. But they're mean as fuck to each other. <laughs> that sounds so backwards. It's <laughs> like weird. Uh... They're just ornery down there, man. They're just angry. They're just angry about shit. 
But, you know, they've got so many fucking talented artists and so many cool-ass venues, too, that, like, I don't know, man. It always felt like a second-home type situation. Like, I want to, that's why I want to continue to keep doing shit down there. Because they're just more lit in a certain way than Columbus is. Columbus is very laid-back and chill. Yeah, We're a super yeah. laid-back city. And you forget that a lot of cities have, like, a personality. Like, everybody kind of acts that way. And, yeah, in Cincinnati, like, they dress real nice, but they're just ready to fucking fight or just get in your face <laughs> about some shit. Really? Yeah. It's cool, though. They do a lot of, <laughs> they, they, they do a lot of drugs, too. Cincinnati is drugging in a big way. Too, uh, too much of a degree <laughs> a lot of times, but they, uh, they love it, though. They, like, pills are way bigger in Cincinnati than they are in Columbus and shit. Really? Yeah. Like, and I'm, when I say pills, I mean, like, open acknowledgement of right. doing pills. Yeah. Like, there, there's no real shame about it. Right. I'm sure the same amount of people do pills up here. They just don't make okay. that many okay. rap songs about it. Right, right, like, right. they really make a lot of rap songs about doing really? pills. Yeah. Huh. But so many of them are talented, and their music is so fucking lit. And, and they, the music scene is really fucking with each other down there. And like any other city, they say... Uh, you know, ah, uh, we don't fuck with each other, crabs in a bucket, blah, 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 that whole thing. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's not true. Like, it's just there's people that do fuck with each other, and then there's people that don't. And the people that don't usually are fucking dragging everyone else down. <laughs> like, because, man, when you're a rapper, I've seen, like, rappers that hate rappers. You know what I mean? Like, they're rappers that just... They don't really want to kick it with other rappers. They don't want to like reminisce with rappers. They don't want to talk rapper shit with rappers. They don't want to talk about bitches with rappers. They don't want to. They just want to stick to themselves. Like they are like the lone Jay Z of the universe, mm-hmm. and like they don't want to. I've encountered dudes like that, and they'll pretend to fuck with people a little bit, but you could tell it's one hundred percent business with them. And I've even been the same way, at certain periods of my career, mm-hmm. and like I try to watch that because it's easy to do when you get so into the business thing when it's such a cool friendly kind of work environment um, it's hard to know when those lines get blurred it's like oh yeah are these people friends of mine or are we just fucking with each other because it's mutually beneficial and blah 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 like mm-hmm. that shit gets very murky in the art world especially if it's a scene that like is pretty tight knit and sticks together and shit and it's most people are good at blending the two and some people aren't but uh, was there an initial question I was answering? <laughs> I I feel like it was uh, when you start throwing. Sh- what made you so start throwing shows? <laughs> uh, like that. And then the hiatus, and then the pipeline. You went to uh, the hard to throw. You're out in Cincinnati now. Cincinnati is yeah, yeah. awesome trip. Well, shit. and like, <laughs> well, like, yeah, 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 with yeah. Cincinnati is just like yeah. I got booked down there. I had friends mm-hmm. down there, and they got me booked a couple times. And I just made it a point to try and keep figuring out a way to get back down there. And um, same with Newark. I've always tried to do shows in Newark as well. Does that really work out in Newark? Yeah. Really? Newark is a lot more, um, like, for for a lack of a way to put it sensitively, there's a ton of black people in Newark. So like, That's and then yeah, holy shit! It's a lot more racially divided than like, people think, and like they all fuck with each other, and like it's it's not like a weird vibe out there, yeah. even though it is kind of country, right? But it's right. still like a pretty big small town or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's like a city, 
And uh, I don't know, man. They uh, they also have a branch of OSU out there, so they got mad young people out there oh, okay. with nothing That's to really right. do. But like, so yeah, Newark definitely works out. I'm trying to get a regular gig going or like party going in Newark, like soon. Because I every time I've gone out there, I've had a good time, and I get booked a lot. A lot of times, I get thrown on shows with bands out there as well mm-hmm. and stuff. So it's not even like straight up hip hop shows. Because also in Newark, there's a lot of Juggalo shit too, and you gotta watch mm-hmm. out for that. But then again, like yo, know, like a lot of the a lot of the first shows I ever did, a, a lot of the first shows I ever did, there was plenty of juggalos on the lineup, and they're the nicest fucking dudes on the planet. Like they all get a bad rap because they dress in fucking clown makeup. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> you know, real talk though, ICP was like one of the most important independent artists of all time. Actually, I believe it. Like, yeah. They really are. They sued the FBI and they fucking won, man. Like on behalf of their fans, because the FBI tried to classify Juggalos as like oh, a the real gang. gang. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. Like, Fuck you. They're not. And like that's kind of lit, though. Yeah, yeah, that's. And they used to be signed to Disney Records. Their first album came out on Disney's record really? label. Did Disney not know what they <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know that what happened crazy. with that. But anyway, that's another tangent. <laughs> I'm not going down that fucking rabbit hole. Shit. So like since you throw a lot of shows, you listen to a lot of artists. Like who are some of your like who do you listen to? Like, like locally, yeah, or know. just just or what do I listen to in general? In general, oh man, because listening uh, to the album it was very diverse. Mm-hmm. You're throwing diverse shows. And uh, cover at the end. Yeah. yeah, I definitely listen to a lot of Nine Inch Nails. That's mm-hmm. that's like an all year round band. I listen to the Deftones a lot. Um, on the hip hop side of things. I ha- there hasn't been a lot that's come out recently that's interested me to where it's like I'll get the album like the last one would have been Victory Lap by Nipsey Hussle mm. I still listen to that a lot I still listen to um, pretty much everything that came out that summer of like I think it was 2018 because fucking Testing by ASAP Rocky I love that album uh, you know of course Pusha T's album newer Kanye stuff I like I like Suicide Boys a lot Suicide Boys are so lit, they're bro. They're so fucking fire. Yeah, man. they are. Their shit is just consistently like a lot of their most of their songs sound exactly the same, and that's a good thing. Right, right, <laughs> like, right. It's, absolutely. It's just it all the I yeah. Just, I've been trying to tell him, and, and, and the thing is, you, the lyrics like if you're not listening, you're not gonna catch. You know what I mean? They're yeah. really talking about some real shit. Yeah, they're crazy, man. Yeah, because I'm not gonna lie, I wrote it off as noise when he first put it, put me onto it, and then yeah. like I seen like the lyrics and read what they were saying. They were spazzing. Well, it's like they're they started out as like kind of a little bit like horrorcore sounding mm-hmm. and like horrorcore is like not really a genre of music anymore for a reason because a lot of the times it's trash but there's a lot of horrorcore I thought was actually kind of sick and that's why I think ICP had a lot of longevity too because they were where horrorcore kind of went like artists like Necro weren't doing as much and stuff but Suicide Boys were like real trap horrorcore but it's like they just formed this weird like deep south dark style and like I don't know man they were great and if I don't know if you guys have ever heard Puya as well Puya's crazy I'm not the uh, number one stunner was that the yeah. album yeah that album that's when I first heard about it that drop with Fat Nick mm-hmm. uh, yeah Fat Nick <laughs> that drop out of school all those dudes are dope man and yeah, like all those guys are from South Florida like mm-hmm. they came up from where like like with Kodak and X and they were just as much of a part of that 
wave. They were like the dark flip side of the mumble rap coin. Because there was a lot of like Yachty's and mm-hmm. Ugly Gods and other stuff like that that were doing the mumble rap thing in 21 Savage. But they were doing shit the kids fucked with just as much. It was just a more like underground tip. And so, I don't know, man. I really, really, uh, I really loved that time in music. It was cool. I don't listen to the Suicide Boys new shit as much now. Because it's like, when you put out like 36 fucking projects, like, yeah, yeah, you can, uh, it's easy to just like, you'll catch them. Yeah. And like we said, they're consistent. Yeah, so. it, yeah, it loses yeah, the urgency. That's yeah, yeah that's the thing. Um, but then and rappers like Bones too. Like I don't know if you guys are hip to Bones. That name sounds so familiar. But um, do you guys listen to ASAP Rocky at all? Yeah, I, I rock well, with his old stuff. Like the, before the testing album, I was in love with ASAP. The first one, I didn't get too much into testing. I got like a couple songs. Testing was a weird album, but like I really yeah. liked it. I I thought it was actually kind of cool. It did, it definitely didn't. Um, it didn't have like the hugeness of sound the, mm-hmm. that the other albums have. Right. Like those are loud yeah. fucking albums. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. They're like they fucking boom at you. They're like right. huge, and it sounds like how speakers sound when buildings are around. Mm-hmm. Like you know what I mean. Like in New York, like I was just cramped and noisy, and there's just like I don't know. That's why those albums are so cool. Hmm. And that's why I like when people said that like New York fell off and all this other shit. Oh, and it's definitely. like, and it's like, what was the cause of New York falling off? And was it Radio's fault, or was it Fifty Cent's fault, or Fat Joe's fault, or <laughs> whatever? <laughs> but it's like, yo, French Montana was pretty much consistent all through the past right. decade, right? And you know, you had the whole Max B thing was kind of supposed to be a thing, but like you had Action Bronson, Joey Badass, ASAP yeah. Rocky, yep. Flatbush Zombies, yep. like New York had a new generation. They were just alt rap guys. Right. They weren't like mainstream hip hop sounding artists. Rocky was, but even him, like that dude's alternative as fuck. Like he's right, not right. a traditional rapper in any nah, sense. And he can really rap his ass off. That's the other thing. Like he really <laughs> raps, man. And so, uh, I don't know. I've always had a ton of respect for him. He was always a huge artist. Currency is another one I will, yeah. I'll never not listen to. He's, he's just great. Like, Big crit, I'm hit or miss with, but like he's definitely a pretty, a pretty solid. Mm-hmm. choice for me like if I want to put on some big credit I'll never be dissatisfied I like YG a lot I'm a big big YG fan YG. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know but the shit I listen to the most now is like movie scores and shit okay yeah that's see I try I did that with uh, Interstellar I love yeah. cause that's that's, a, that's probably intense. I was just talking man, about that that's movie crazy I love movie scores man movie score I like the movie scores to like the James Bond movies Okay. Those are super lit. Those help me if I want to write raps and I'm just trying to feel like a boss. I just listen to James Bond shit. Really? Yeah. Um, Also, a lot of like computer movies. I don't know how else to say it, but like movies about like Steve Jobs and shit and like Mm. The Social Network, that movie about Facebook or whatever. Those kind of soundtracks I really, really like. Because Trent Reznor, the guy from Nine Inch Nails, he, yeah, Nine Inch Nails is one of my favorite bands ever. He also does movie scores. He did like The Social Network, Gone Girl, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, that one movie, Patriot's Day, with Mark Wahlberg. Classics. Yeah. That movie was hitting as fuck, man. I had no idea really what the movie was even about when I started it. Like, I knew it was about the Boston bombing, but I didn't even know the whole story. I was like, yo, this is crazy. That's fuck, yeah. Um, but yeah, those soundtracks I like a lot. Those are all really, really good. 
like driving music because I need shit that I can kind of think to. Surprisingly enough, I rarely ever listen to the lyrics of music. I almost really? never pay attention to them. Yeah. Like, I know the words, mm-hmm. but I don't like... And, like, of course, some of it gets through. There's some shit that's just so obvious and great that, like, you have to like it. But rarely... In rap music, I'll listen to the lyrics. But, like, most other music, I just, like, eh. I just think of the singing as just another instrument. And it's just, like, about the sound of it. Because I think some people get so into lyrics and what they're saying that it, like almost ceases to be music at some point. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a reason poetry is called fucking poetry, and it's mm-hmm. not called music. Like, <laughs> so, and a lot of people really try and blend the two, and the two have always gone together as well. I'm not saying music and poetry shouldn't be a thing. But, um, they're definitely two different things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, but, there's a German group called Boren and Der Club of Gore. I listen to them a lot. Wait, they're, what was that? <laughs> it's, it, they're called Boren and Der Club of Gore. They're a uh, they're a doom jazz band, so they play like '40s jazz music, but they play it at like nine or two BPM, <laughs> and like it's super. It's like all right, imagine jazz, but super chopped and screwed. <laughs> That's what it is, and it's great. It's amazing fucking music, but like it's just like music you would hear in like a '40s detective movie, super slowed down and detuned. That actually sounds kind of <laughs> that's that's lit. Like, that sounds so dope. It's lit. There's a lot. There's a big wave of shit on YouTube where uh, they'll take like "Flight of the Bumblebee" or some classical piece mm-hmm. and they slow it down times like eight hundred, and like you just hear the note like drawn out and like what it becomes when you like stretch it out like, and it sounds it's like. Sounds nothing like the original, of course, because it's like it takes a three minute piece and then makes it like 40 minutes or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, that sounds wild. There, but there's people that really like get into that and shit. Like, I remember when I discovered ASMR shit on YouTube and that first started becoming a wave. It's weird to me. It is, it's weird to me too. I, I'm not a fan of it, but weird. like, well, the reason I discovered it though is because I discovered there were people that did ASMR stories. They would do, like, cyberpunk. Oh, okay. Like, and they would, like, have different characters, and, like, they really, like, did it. But they, it was, ASMR back then was about, like, how they recorded the music. And, or, or not the music, but the audio, and, like, how it was, like, binaural and went into both ears and, like, a like pattern and stuff. Right. And uh, then it just became, like, people just talking softly and into shit. And crabs yeah. and shit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's that weird. That's it, it it the first thing. I it's saw very weird, but like thing. when I see little weird like cultures like that on the internet, I fucking love it. I just think it's the coolest thing that like all these people all over the world into this weird ass <laughs> shit right. found right. a place to be together and be weird. You know what I mean? That's so. That's why the internet's so fucking cool to me, it's, dude. Man. There's something for every. Like last night, I just went down a rabbit hole on YouTube and uh, saw this YouTube channel that goes to Lego conventions. And so they like interview the people that build a twenty thousand Lego piece Star Destroyer or something like that from Star Wars and shit like that, or people that do complete World War Two reenactments and like ha- had to buy bulk Lego pieces and paint them themselves to like get the color they needed and shit like that, like real deal, yeah. get no pussy, like straight up. This is like they sacrificed all that, all right. that, get, and if they do, it's like Lego pussy. Right. It's, it's, it's like, Not yeah. And so, uh, oh, shit. no, it's um, 
it's cool though because like yeah. that's the my favorite thing in the world is seeing what people are nerdy about because mm-hmm. even like just like your basic ass super dime ass chick right mm-hmm. and like probably just like hangs out at places or whatever has a boyfriend normal ass job whatever all that right. there's something she super nerds out about and she might not tell everybody about it or whatever. And it's the same with the super jockey dude or whatever that never did shit but throw a football or whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. There's still... Or maybe throwing football is what he's a nerd about. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I always look at athletes like they're just nerds for fitness. <laughs> like, that's, yeah, that's basically what they are. But... Um, What's that for you? Oh, God. Like, uh, so many things. I can, <laughs> there's so many things I could just talk about. But the thing I go the most nuts over and I won't shut the fuck up about is food Food. and cooking. I love cooking like so much. And then movies. Like movies. I can talk video games for a long fucking time too but movies is like my favorite thing to talk about. And I can tell because you had brought up something like soon as we started about a movie that was like super in detail. Yeah. I forget what it was. Was it Blade Runner? Was it talking about Blade Runner? Yeah, Blade Runner. Yeah. What kind of movies do you guys like? Oh man. Uh, like I said, Interstellar score, that's probably my top five movie ever. I yeah. love that movie for some reason. Like it's I kind of hate Interstellar, honestly. I love that shit. So, that movie made me look at movies differently. Man, what they did with space and all that. Why do you hate that movie? Well, Broke. it's because all the space, black hole, science shit they did, mm-hmm. all that's fine. Mm-hmm. The whole fourth dimensional library thing, yeah. fine. Mm-hmm. Love that. That's mm-hmm. all great. Right. And Christopher Nolan's like one of the greatest directors of all time, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was just some shit with the story is just too fucking stupid. Like, mainly just in the first act when it's like. Oh, you're about to watch it tonight. Like, bro, so they go to the military secret NASA yep. facility, yep. which they just fucking. Just randomly happened, found. Yeah, stumble across. Happened to find. Years of living Which is like yeah. located in the same <laughs> county as theirs, right. apparently. Like, it was down across. the street. Yeah. yeah. Right, right. And then, uh, of course, like, you know, they do that. They draw guns on him, mm-hmm. which, like, if it was really that secret, they probably would have fired on him first. But I won't even dock him points for that. But then they're like, oh, you can't fucking be here. You can't fucking be here. Come on inside. And then they just bring them in <laughs> deeper. And, and then they just press the button and the whole wall goes. And then the spaceship's right there. Like, yeah, we have the launch pad right next to the office. Because that makes fucking sense. And, like, and uh... I don't know, man. It was just little stuff like that. I was like, yo, they, they would never just bring them in and like sit them down and talk to it. Give them new clothes, give them a job. See, but yeah, I and it just happens to be his old boss. It happens to be all nine people he used to be close to with. All just hunted there at the same time. Like, yo, what up? So we've been going to space. But after that, I was fine. Like, after, after that, it's cool. But then the whole, um, I don't know. I just felt like there's a lot of missed opportunities. It's like, man, you could have made those planets way cooler. Like, see that water planet with the waves and shit that yeah. was tall as mountain. That shit was cool as fuck to me to see that. That was cool. That was, was a, and that was like, a great scene shit. too. That was a really tense scene. Yeah. And then oh oh that's my other biggest gripe. And this is like I think legitimate as fuck. So they come back up from the water planet, yep. right? And it's been twenty three fucking years. Right. And old dude was sitting there the whole time. Yeah, with for twenty three years he said a couple long naps. You yeah, know what I mean? he had white hair and all that shit. Yeah, he and was they, old as shit. and they give this motherfucker 
two and a half seconds of dialogue before they're like, all right, well, anyway, we're off to the next right, planet. Right. <laughs> and it's just like, yo, yo, no, no, I want to hear his story. Right. He doesn't <laughs> talk to anybody. Let him talk. Right. <laughs> like, See exactly what happened. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. also that dude was like kind of the best actor of the bunch. And Matthew McConaughey is great too. Yeah. And Anne Hathaway is great, but it's just right. something about it didn't click. Also, I'm so sick of everybody being fucking related in movies, bro. Like, why has everybody got to be someone's daughter or son? Like, I get that that's a thing, but it's like, mm-hmm. there's not that many people where it's like, well, I'm an astrophysicist, so my daughter's an astrophysicist. Right. Like, it doesn't work that way. Like, it never Both works that way. Like, everybody. Yeah. Everybody. It's crazy. <laughs> it's just like, yo, can't it just be enough that they have to go to save the fucking Earth? Right. They yeah. got to make it about, like, their daughter and the mm-hmm. time they walked away too fast. or yeah. Like, some of that shit, I'm just like, yo, get the fuck out of here, bro. You're letting nerds watch this. You don't need all that. So I fuck with it. (laughs) But no, in terms of like, no other director could have portrayed that type of thing in terms of like the black hole and how it looked Mm -hmm. and how it just like warped shit in and like the whole scene with like the library and all that. Like no one Mm -hmm. could have done that but Christopher Nolan. And like that shit was amazing. Mm -hmm. However, I will do something that'll ruin the movie for you. There's a video on YouTube Mm -hmm. called Steven Spielberg's Interstellar. And Steven Spielberg was originally supposed to direct Interstellar. But then he didn't want to do it or something like that. But there's a, it's like a 10 to 19 minute video explaining what the script was. It was still written by Christopher Nolan's brother who wrote Interstellar with Christopher Nolan. But it was him and Spielberg together, I think, wrote it. And it's a far cooler movie than the one we got. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, it's legitimately far crazier. But I don't think that Interstellar would have been as well received if that was the movie they made. Because, like, it probably would have looked... Like, what they did with Interstellar... Like, they made a movie that was so realistic about space and science that it was as exciting as space. Which is just not very fucking exciting. Like, (laughs) it was just, like... There was just so much shit that it's just like, okay... Because I was on the edge of my seat. And we're floating. And we're floating. (laughs) Have you guys seen, um, like, the 2001 Space Odyssey year? Like, 2010? uh, uh, The year we make contact movies? I've never seen them, but, like... Interstellar is, like, largely inspired by those movies... And they're not nearly... 2001 A Space Odyssey is fucking wild, but uh, like Interstellar is like the shit Christopher Nolan showed us in that movie we'd legitimately never seen before. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, that's why I think so many people like it. And I think that it's better that that version came out and not the Steven Spielberg version because the Steven Spielberg version, it was just like, it got kind of out there. To where it could have just been considered like oh just bullshit ass sci- sci-fi movie. Right, right. To where people look at Interstellar like it's a fucking science class, mm, and they right. like yeah. really think yeah. that you know because they had astrophysicists come in and write the shit and help design the yeah. shit. And yeah. so I don't know. I think it's cool because they like used math equations to actually build that shit, like the CGI, That's like the black right. hole and yeah, all that. Yeah, yeah. Like they wrote algorithms to actually do that. They didn't know what it was gonna look like. They just put the math in. To this program and shit, and that's what it came up with. And they're like, all right, well, that's how that's our life goal is. Holy hey, shit. That's, that's amazing. It's crazy. I'm trying to think what other movies. Breakfast Club, I got into that. Not Great so movie. Ago. I love that shit. Um, and for like, I like goofy movies too. Like, was it not Observe Report? What's one? Uh, Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell. Oh, the other guys? The other guys. I just watched I've never that. Seen that one. See, it's straight comedy, but yeah, yeah. I kind of go that way with it. Um, Word. What about you? Uh, I've been watching a lot of superhero movies lately. Like, I saw The Dark Knight again. 
Right. It's a good and because um because on PlayStation Arkham Knight is free this month, mm. so I downloaded it and I started playing it. And I forgot how dope the game was. Yeah, bro. Batman shit in general is just dope. Yeah, it's pretty hard to mess yeah. with fucking Batman, dude. Even the Lego sure. Batman games are great. Oh, oh, those are the most fun. Yeah. Me. And uh, so yeah, I've been watching those, and then the last Spider Man I watched again. I, I, I haven't seen that. It's in the top three Marvel movie. Um, what Spider Man? Not Homecoming, but the other far, one. Far from home. Is that one good? Yes. Yeah. I thought it was fun. I heard. Okay, but I like Jake Gyllenhaal too. On that yeah, show. he's dope. Right. And then just the way he fights in the movie. That's crazy. If you ain't seen it by now, then. Right. Oh, wait, no, wait. Hold on. You say you ever seen it. I mean, you can't, like, spoil movies for me, though. Like, I don't, like, I don't know. Unless it's, like, some real wild shit. I'm like, well, he's actually Spider-Man. It's like, oh, like, no. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like that. No. But just no. the way Jake Gyllenhaal fought that movie. Like, he his powers. His drones. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. His drones. It's great, like. Visions yeah. that you know what I mean. Oh, okay. really yeah, yeah. yeah, just the fact that they had Mysterio as the villain, I thought was sick as fuck. I was Man, like, I never thought I'd see. There's so much shit that like in the Marvel movies and stuff like that that it's like I legitimately dreamt about as a kid. Like, how cool would it be to see mm-hmm. all that shit together? And then you just think like, oh, that can never fucking happen. Like they're not gonna mm-hmm. do that. But then inch by inch they started getting there, man. Then we got Infinity War. That was crazy. Endgame was crazy. Endgame, yeah. Endgame was like a motherfucking film experience. Like, I'll remember that shit. Seeing that shit in theaters, I was just like... Because <laughs> <laughs> like you said, everything we thought of as a kid. Bro, they had 50 main characters. They had 50 nuts. characters all on screen, beating ass. All using their powers, Go. using their powers together, grouping up different gangs, right, right. doing shit. And like, Fucking shit up. Yeah. Like, good God, bro. There's literally nothing more I, I would have asked for. It's like, oh, they could have done this or that. It's like, no, those movies are flawless. Yeah, they got movies. Civil War where they all fought each other. Mm-hmm. Star <laughs> match. <laughs> but as a key wonder, like, all right, who will win? Right, right. Between these two. Yeah. They boxed. Civil War is a great fucking movie, man. But that's why they had the Russo brothers who did Winter Soldier and Civil War go on to direct Infinity War and Endgame. That makes sense. Yeah. Because yeah. Winter Soldier and shit. Was- well, like, I feel like those directors understand the physicality of the superhero's powers and like when Captain America punches somebody what is the actual effect like and like they understand how to make that shit look like it's actually superheroes like in Winter Soldier when Captain America's running on that boat at like 60 miles an hour just punching people and throwing his shit and they go flying everywhere I was like damn that looks real like that looks like a real super soldier just in there just running 50 miles an hour like that shit's sweet man or when Bucky had the knife and was it was a oh, that knife fight was crazy. Yeah, the freeway or the little street. Yeah, yeah, the whole on foot chase of Black Panther yeah. and shit like yeah. that. Yeah, they really, uh, they really shot that with like real cars and shit like that. They had like these treadmills that would go on like sixty miles an hour that the actors would run and the cars would drag them. Oh, or whatever. Shit. And uh, that's how they like when they jump like on the car or whatever. That's a real person jumping. And, like, they had wires to help him right, and shit right. like that. But that was still somebody doing it at, like, yeah, 40, yeah. 50 miles an hour. That's insane. Yeah. That's nuts. Because you got to think about, like, how do you get the camera... The cameras are so weird, man. And how they actually take in an image. Mm-hmm. And how, like, your eyeballs will just see it. And you're like, yeah, I see it this way. But a camera is just like, no, I was programmed to see it this way. And it's different than a human eyeball is. So you have to make shit move in a way that looks like it's really going fast. And it's mm-hmm. like, that's hard, man. That's why, like, ultimately, I know I want to be a movie director. I know that's where I want to end up. Because, like, to me, it's, like, the ultimate, like, I don't know, samurai master art job. 
to where it's like you have to be good with writing, at least have a good knowledge of what good writing is. Mm-hmm. Same with audio, sound design, music, dialogue, fucking editing, filming, you know, lighting, all these other things you have to be good at before you can command a bunch of people that are good at that. And like, that's why most great directors are all like 40, 50 year old people. Because it's, it's, yeah, 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 it's a fucking adult ass job. Right. You can only have the patience of an older person to do it too. You know what I mean? And there's plenty of directors that are super successful and young too. Like right. that mm-hmm. happens all the time now. But but like the greats, like the yeah, yeah. Francis Ford Coppola, Martin Scorsese, Spielberg, George Lucas, whatever. Like those movies were fucking hard to make. Cause that was also like the time when movies were the hardest to make. Cause like to make Jaws. Can CGI a fucking shark and you had to really make the fuck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you either had to head. shoot film with a shark mm-hmm. and then make it look like it's thirty feet, or you had to fucking get a machine to work in the water. Like yo, they built that whole ass machine and then put it in the water. They're like ah shit, it broke. That's wild. They're like, well yeah, we didn't think to make it waterproof. It's like <laughs> cost like tens of thousands of dollars. And this is like shit. in the seventies, but shit. he made it work somehow. So what uh, what other movies do you like? Hmm. I know we answered. I'll only talk about one more because I don't no, want to steal my <laughs> podcast and movies. Um, the Prestige, another Christopher Nolan movie. I highly recommend you see it. Um, it's about these magicians. It's got Christian Bale and Hugh oh, Jackman. I know. Okay. Yeah. It's about these musicians or magicians, and uh, and it basically just breaks down the conflict between the artist and the entertainer. And it's just about Christian Bale is the one who like thinks of better magic tricks and he can think of cooler out of the box shit and do more. But Hugh Jackman is the better entertainer and he's the better showman and he dresses the tricks up better and makes them exciting and shit like that. And it's about them, this accident happens that puts them at odds and then it's just about these two magicians constantly fucking each other over through their whole lives and like trying to get at each other and shit and how obsessed they become with it and shit like that it was such a great movie it's such a great movie if you're a creative or artist of any kind you have to see it because it's just like it just talks about the dedication that it takes to do something all the way to like be the best at it and shit because like yeah I'm not even going to spoil it for you because I could I could tell you some yeah, crazy I'm shit <laughs> and I remember watching like the first 20 minutes of oh, like it's TV so good bro because it's like, if you don't know what it is, if you right. don't have the proper, you could be watching it for like the first 30 minutes, you're like, what the fuck is this? Right. Yep. It's like, this isn't <laughs> that exciting, but it's like, you just gotta watch till the end, and it's just like, oh my god. It's crazy, man. I'm gonna check that out. It's definitely one of Christian Bale's best movies, I think. Okay, for sure. Because um, <laughs> the Dark Knight and all that shit, the Batman movies are fire. But yeah, we already dressed up. Yeah, my fuck. Well, um... I don't know, man. I like a lot of different kind of movies. I like horror movies. I like, you know, sci-fi movies a lot. But now I'm just... Oh, Apocalypse Now. That's another movie as well. Crazy as yeah. fuck. And it's long as shit. Mm-hmm. Listen, they just spent like two and a half hours on a boat. Okay? <laughs> like, man. It is. It, it's, yeah. it can be very boring. It's but a see, weird... like that just stresses me out. Yeah. I can't swim, so I don't... Like, was it Vietnam War or something? Yeah. That... It's about this dude who has to go... This special forces guy who has to go up this river to kill this former U.S. colonel who just like went crazy and started his own tribe mm-hmm. of people in the jungle, and like is just straight murdering people up there. No. And uh, yeah. and it's just about <laughs> this weird ass journey up the river 
and just all this crazy shit they see. They don't really do shit through yeah. the whole movie yeah. for the most part. They just yeah. watch shit happen around them. Yeah. But the sets that were created in that movie and the way that movie was made is such an inspiration to me. Because, like, that dude had to go... Because the movie didn't, like, favor the U.S. military a whole lot. So it had to use the Philippine military's, like, equipment. And so they were hiring the Philippine military to, like, be extras and you fly their jets and helicopters and shit. It cost so much money. And shooting in the jungle was hard as fuck and all this other stuff. So it's like... He ended up having to put millions of dollars of his own money into it and shit. But then when it was finally done, it won like fucking 49 Oscars. People were like, oh, this is the greatest movie of all time. Oh, yeah. Apocalypse Now is one of the greatest films ever made. But like Blade Runner, it's just like super immersive, but just kind of boring. Like, it's got more of a, I don't know, it's it's got a better story, I think, than Blade Runner does. And it's easier to follow. But, uh,. Yeah, that's another great movie. I would definitely recommend watching that. And there's different versions of it. Both both Blade Runner and Apocalypse Now have different cuts. And like there's a theatrical cut, then there's the director's cut, then there's the final cut, then there's, you know, other mm-hmm. shit. And uh, it's cool to me to watch those cuz like I do all my own music videos and editing and shit like that. So like to practice editing I'll like chop up already existing movies mm-hmm. oh, and re-edit shit. them and shit like that or edit them together with the other ones. That's what I do for trailers for our shows. Yeah. And it's fun. That'd be cool. Oh, that shit it's is shit funny. Shit to see with movies. Though, like. mm-hmm. And that's what I do with like, our podcast. Like, that, we, like, that we flood people's inboxes with. Mm-hmm. Um, I just take some footage and like edit it, get it to fit with the podcast so it works and then drop that as a trailer like a week or so before we actually drop the episode. Yeah. And like to me, that's the most fun part of it. Yeah, dude. It's just like a five moments. Mm-hmm. I always just looked at it like DJing, kind of. Like, because there's certain movies that go together. Like, okay, uh, that movie First Man, and uh, it was about like Buzz Aldrin, and the movie Apollo 13, and the movie The Right Stuff. All three of those movies are three different movies made at three different times by three separate directors, but they all contain the same characters. Because they're based on a true story. And it's about just the development of NASA through the 60s and shit. And so, you could take all those movies and edit them together into one movie. Like, a lot of people do this on the internet. It's just a really hard culture to spread around because it's like the most illegal media that's out there. (laughs) You can't just copyright violate shit and distribute it out and whatnot. But there's websites where people go to and they do this. And they, you know, they trade them and shit like that. Because you have to get a hold of the actual director that does it. There's people that make whole movies out of different, like 20 different movies and shit like that. Put their own storylines in somehow and arrange the scenes in a different way. But with a lot of historical shit, you can do that stuff easily. So that's what I do to practice editing when I don't have an actual music video to edit and shit like that. Just to stay sharp on it or whatever. So. I'm about to check that shit out. Yeah. Like, really look at that, because that sounds interesting. I see one chop of, they did Star Wars thing with, um... That's where it all started. For real. Star Wars, yeah. Because it's the story of it, you can, like, chop that up and bring it yep. in, like, for the prequel and all. Well, yeah, people hated the... Like, yeah. Put it in order. Yeah, people hated the prequels so much, and hated Jar Jar Binks so much, that people started going through and re-editing the movies without Jar Jar Binks in it. Like, they oh, take all the Jar Jar Binks scenes out. You really don't need them, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you think about it. For real. It's crazy, man. Like, it's really crazy. They, uh, But then, people started taking it a step further and whatnot, and re-editing whole things. There was a project that this website did 
where they had they broke the first Star Wars movie up into <clears throat> I think it was like fifty seven scenes or something like that. That's how many actual just scenes are in the movie, <laughs> and everybody knows them. And then they break them up and divide them up into different directors, and a different director directs every single scene of Star Wars. So it's like the Star Wars movie, but like one will be done in like shitty acting in someone's basement in a comedic way. The other, but they have to follow the scripts. Right. And then the others will like be clay animation, or one will be Legos, or one. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it just—it's crazy. It still follows the yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's still like the Star Wars movie. It's just directed by like fifty-seven different people. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, and like they do that with the trilogy and stuff like that, and so. Star Wars is so lit for that. But then once people started doing it with Star Wars, people were like, hey, well, I hate shit about other movies too. Like, <laughs> I can go fucking edit. Can I go edit that out as well? And so, but then people started being like, oh, well, I can mash these movies together. Because, like, I took, this is like probably one of the nerdiest things I've ever done. But uh, I took about all 20 movies that were about, like, the war on terror in some way. There's been about like 20 to 25 American and British movies that have been about the war on terror or whatever. And I cut them all into like a four part like series of like, if I put them all in chronological order. So it like starts from September 11th and then goes all the way to like 2014. Because there were that many different movies that, you know, took place all within there and stuff like that. And uh, it was fun as fuck to do. Because like, then you see how movies how a movie is edited really affects the narrative like how you can take whole scenes out and it's like oh well that doesn't really do much it's like well now this whole character that you introduced even if it was for two seconds doesn't exist anymore if you take that scene out so you got to take that character out later on and whatnot and it's about seeing where different threads fit in and shit like that it's weird man yeah, so I can talk like a fucking nerd for <laughs> hours about movies <laughs> Uh, you said something about video games. Oh, man. Oh, we ain't gonna keep it on there too long. I know you probably can go for No, it. I mean, I like... There too. Well, what games do you guys like? Uh, I actually just got... Uh, what was it called? The e- not Dying oh. Light? Dying Light yesterday. Dying Light's a good game. I just but, it's yeah. uh, It freaked me out. I, <laughs> I can't even yeah. As soon as it went dark, I'm like, oh, okay, so it's real. I'm kind of over zombies to a certain degree. I think the world's kind of done zombies to death. But... Yeah. I don't know. I'm weird with video games, though. I play a lot of strategy games because I play mostly on PC. Mm, okay. But I fuck with Minecraft, though, in a big way. Like, See, I've never got into it. Never. Yeah. Man, it's just like, I don't know. If you if you played with Legos as a kid, Minecraft is just like the closest thing you can get to that. Virtual Legos? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's really all it is. But it's like, a, it becomes a video game that you can make because like, you know, if you're playing it on the regular mode, you have to go shovel some dirt and then you have dirt blocks and you can put those anywhere but then there's different things you can do to the different blocks to break them down and make new resources that's how you know if you want to build a fence you have to cut down a block of a tree split the thing into wooden planks then split the planks into sticks and then you have to do shit it's like you have to craft everything together yeah and there's recipes. They finally built them into the game after like seven years, but you used to have to literally just get out of the game, go online, or have the website pulled up on your phone that just has all the recipes out there for how to craft stuff. But you can literally build electrical circuitry in that game. There are people that have built working calculators inside of Minecraft. It's like the size of like two football stadiums in the game. <laughs> right. But it's like, yeah, they actually built a fucking calculator, yeah. It's like a room that you would go in, and there's a switch for each number. 
and like and then uh, on the other wall switch for each symbol or whatever and uh yeah they figured it out there's like diodes and repeaters and it's crazy minecraft is i didn't know it was that deep oh bro minecraft is without a doubt probably the greatest video game ever made i I will say that yeah just in terms of like first of all like user base and like cultural takeover how mm-hmm. important it became how many different types of people can play it kids can play it adults can play kids it like all the time, you yeah. can do shit together you like you can get on there and build with people which is just fucking insane seeing what people build yeah because there's a whole just builder mode which is basically it gives you all the blocks and you can just build whatever so there's people that have made whole replicas of the game of thrones cities whole replicas and, yeah really? yeah it's, like yeah, it's wild and, shit. and um shit. but the game itself it's just like on PC, I, the thing I remember hearing, and this is like an old thing they would brag about, the actual Minecraft map, as you walk, it would start to randomly generate and whatnot. And the amount of time that it could do that until the map finally stopped and the actual size of it was six times the surface of the earth. Six fucking times the surface of the oh, earth is how long shit. that map would go if you kept walking. And like, Jesus so it's Christ. like when you got lost in that game, you were fucking you lost. lost. Yeah. Wow. You're just where like, oh you shit, lost? I gotta just build where? a cabin here, I guess. This is just where I live now. And then years later, once you're already good and, you, and that cabin became yeah. a castle and you're dope yeah. and you can go real far and you have all the supplies and you find your old yeah. shit and you're like, yeah, yeah. What the fuck? that's crazy. Minecraft is great, man. It's an awesome experience. I've never played it. It's um, I've seen, I've seen, seen my game would be like uh, well, God of War, the newest one. God of Wars are fun, but that I never got into those. Amazing. I've been playing uh, Destiny too. That's always been a game. That I've Destiny. never played Destiny. It's by far the greatest first. I love first person shooters though, for sure. Like that's probably that's the best first first person shooter I play. For sure. Really? Yeah, because that and they update the game every month, so there's always yeah. new shit to do. And, like, it's really... There's no beating it. Yeah, Because they keep the story going, too. That's the weird change in video games to me. It's like, I've been playing video games since... I mean, I'm 30 now, but, like... I've 30 been, games. Uh, 30 clubs. Uh, hey, okay, 30. okay. But, uh... I don't know. I just feel like now games are way harder to do because it's, like, a new bill you have to have. You have to pay, like, every mm-hmm. month just to do it. And it used to be you yeah. just had to buy the fucking games... And you could just beat the games, but now it's like, well, you used to be able to beat the game, and now we just changed everything. Right. So we just did it. Because I pay, uh, I play um, a Payday Two. The uh, oh, nice. yeah. yeah, bro, I I got super deep into that game on PC, and I just every fucking bullshit ass DLC that they put out, I'm like, yeah. give it to me, <laughs> take it. I'm buying the annual pass. But like, shit. I've been playing that game for fucking three years, three four years now, quite a while, and. The where the game's at now in comparison to where it was when the game started and the updates, we're on like payday five basically. Like there's like forty eight maps and shit like that. Like they've expanded the game so much, millions of guns, like all this different shit. And so I'm just like, yeah, I'm glad that they did it this way and didn't just give me like them like, all right, no more. We'll come out with payday three in a couple years or whatever. Because like they've tried to make other games that are like in the similar fashion that studio. And people are just like, it's not the one. They're just like, it's not the one, fam. Get back to the <laughs> like, We don't want a World War II game. We don't want a fucking zombie game. Give us a fucking bank robbery game. So I didn't know Payday 2 was that big. You know what I mean? Yeah. As far as... I mean, uh, you know, it's got a decent following, but yeah. it's mostly on PC now. I don't think a lot of people play it on consoles anymore. Because it's like, I don't even think it came out for the Xbox One. 
or the PS4. Like I think it was a last generation game, but on PC it's very. That's why I like there's PC. There's not 48 maps on. It's on uh, Xbox, but there's not 48 maps. Oh uh, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of maps. Now. There. there might be more than 48. Honestly, it's crazy, and um, I don't know. That game was always just really fun because it just puts you in there with strangers and shit, and like in it. But if you get in there, like any other squad based game, if you get in there with friends. You're all in mm-hmm. tune with each other and good and all that. Like, it's yeah. fucking lit. That's why I played Destiny. I got my fire team. Yeah. So I just have to grant that Fado online not too long ago. Playing with people man, those are some of the greatest fucking experiences ever, man. I think that's probably like, the greatest, like, non-first-person shooter game I've played. I can see that. GTA, which way? Oh, five? Yeah. Five, yeah. Just five is one of my least favorites. It's still really? fucking great. Yeah, well, so I don't play the online a whole lot. So, I, like, that's where mm-hmm. most of the game is now. Right. And, um... But even just like story, high the story. single player story mode, man, and it. At first, when I played it, I really, really liked it, but then I went back and I played four, and four is like way more fun, dude. Four is that really Nico or is it... yeah, yeah, okay. Like the way the guns hit in four are better. The driving is a fucking mess, and your car just yeah. is sliding all over the place for no reason. But even that's still more fun, and like. I don't know. I just feel like five was a lot more streamlined, and like the driving, the car hand, the cars handled perfectly, mm-hmm. and like the guns worked so smoothly. It's like the guns at GTA Four, like when you're firing the assault rifle, like that shit seemed hard to fire. Right. Like it seemed like there was chaos to it, but in GTA Five, mm-hmm. everything's like smooth and streamlined. Mm-hmm. Even though it's just like, goddamn, man, like it's a good fucking game. Yeah, yeah. and it looks yeah. great. It's like you, y'all awesome. really made LA, man. Like. Right. It's, it's crazy how they did it. Although, my biggest complaint, though, is like, yeah, you guys made L.A., but, like, if you look at the actual city itself, it's not that much bigger than New York and GTA 4. And, like, in real life, L.A. is fucking massive. Like, the entirety of the GTA 5 map would all just be neighborhoods and houses and shit like that if they were really trying to recreate L.A. Like, that's in relative size how big it is. And um, I wish they would have done that. Like, I wish they would have given you... Because it's like, yo, the rest of it's just fucking empty space anyway right. it's just right. like some shit you can't do anything with but ride on dirt bikes with yeah. which is one of the most fun parts about the game it's amazing but um and so i feel like they give you a good like better playground with that but and the story was cool too like i fucked mm-hmm. with the story i didn't fuck with trevor though like i just wild. didn't like that you had to be yeah <laughs> i didn't like you had to be. i just thought the story of michael and franklin would have been enough like right. if you just had two characters like that could have been fine yeah and trevor could have been a just bad guy or someone that right, you fight really, or yeah, whatever because cool he's still a f- like fun character I get right. why you want that right. but it's just like I didn't want to have to play as him right. like, yeah, I'm not it. this big of an asshole <laughs> right <laughs> yeah but uh, the GTA games though man those are landmark achievements that's another big inspiration for Cloud City man it's just games like that games like the early Zelda games Majora's Mask shit like that Jet Force Gemini those kind of games those are like huge inspirations for Cloud City. And just because like they would just create these worlds, man, that like you knew it was limited. You knew you were just playing a video game, but you still wanted to look around. You still wanted to see every inch of it. It's the same thing in GTA. Like when you're like, well, what's down this alley? I've never been here before. Like, you know what I mean? And you just eventually start to know it and you start to know the streets. And like I wanted to create that atmosphere for people in an artistic way. I'm just like, I want them to look like, well, what's behind the tents? Because, like, the next time around, I want to have fully functioning alleyways and shit like that. And, like, I want more places for people to go and more places for them to explore and shit. And, 
you know, I don't know what the future of that is because we don't even know where the location might be or anything. I'm just trying to speak that into existence. Oh, no, that's... I want it to be way more like just a city and like a video game city because it was always so cool. When I first played Ocarina of Time, the, the Zelda game for N64, like, it blew my mind that you could just go into like a little village or a city and just walk around because I played the old, old Zelda games on like Game Boy and shit like that. And like... Super Nintendo or whatnot, and you could do that in that, but it was just 2D. I could figure out how they could do that. Right. When you see the shit in 3D though, and you got your character running around, you're looking around, you're like, oh, I can go in this building, and there's shit in here to do. Mm-hmm. I can go in this building, there's shit in I'm here to do. Here, I can buy this. Yeah, exactly. That's what I wanted. That's what I wanted Cloud City to be. Just an adult, artistic version of a video game city like that. Mm. And every time I say that shit to the actual Cloud City team, they're like, shut the fuck up, dude. Nah, You're crazy. That's, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yo, play these fucking games. You'll know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know, I keep thinking it's like, because I didn't get into stuff like that until Skyrim. So as soon as I, yeah. that's what I'm like, oh, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Those games are fun because I had buddies that played Morrowind, which is the game. Mm-hmm. It was like the Elder Scrolls game 2 before Skyrim. Okay. So there was like Skyrim, Oblivion. I played Oblivion and I was like, yo, this shit is wild. Yeah. And then I played Skyrim a little bit and I liked it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I just hate that they gotta throw so many numbers on the screen now. I hate when I hit shit and numbers happen. Mm. That's my least favorite shit in the world. I'm like, yo, let me just... If you're gonna take all this time with these graphics, don't Don't put put shit in there that's gonna make me fucking just have it over here off to the side or whatever. I can live with that. I'll take it. Um, But yeah, open world games are, I think, some of the best, for sure. Because there's a game called Sleeping Dogs. I don't know if you guys have ever played it. Is that the... uh... I don't know the word for the Oriental gang. <laughs> yeah, it's a yeah. It takes place in Hong Kong. It's like a it's like a GTA kind of wannabe ish game. <coughs> but mm, I think I, yeah, I remember it. you're like an undercover cop. Mm. So you have to do the gang missions and cop missions. But it's got the same combat style as Arkham Asylum. Oh, so it's just you beating shit. the shit out of gangs of dudes, <laughs> right? Really fast. But <laughs> on top of that. That's like the first half of the game. Second half of the game becomes Max Payne, to where you're just slow mo shooting dudes oh, John like John, yeah, yeah, like John Woo movies. Exactly, that's what it's inspired by. And so, like, it's like that one game Stranglehold, that old game. Maybe I did play. Was this on like PlayStation? Like, <laughs> yeah, it was PS2 and Xbox. Yeah, I did play that shit. Okay. Yeah, that game. It's like all of those games put together. And I'll tell you what, it's not as polished looking as GTA, even though it's still a great looking game. Mm-hmm. But like. For a single-player experience, it's mountains more entertaining than GTA Five. Really? When, if yeah. you're just going off just the missions, mm-hmm. like doing what the game tells you to do in Sleeping Dogs, like legitimately will give you fun shit to do. But like the shit they tell you to do in GTA is mm-hmm. almost always whack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go tow this car. Yeah, like the <laughs> missions are always just like bullshit ass. I'm just like, yo, what is this? And then you look at the missions of GTA Four. You can be like, hey, we have to go down to the street to get the newspaper. <laughs> and then like two seconds later, it's just like, going down. Yeah, like it'd be the easiest shit, and it just ends up in a massive gunfight. So it's still fun. You're like, all right, well at least that was cool. Right. Like, but in GTA Five, it's just like, oh no, you really just tell the car. That's exactly what we're doing, right? Yeah. No, you really just drove down to the gas station. Right. Yeah. I did like the robbery system in GTA Five. You could like rob the Seven Elevens and shit like that. That never made sense about the old games. Just a random gas station. Because like, I don't know if you guys ever played Vice City. Yeah, a um, little bit. There was a grocery store in Vice City that you could rob, and it was like you couldn't buy it or anything, but it was just like an <laughs> open air thing. You could just walk up in the building. If you walked up to the register and just had a gun out, it would start feeding you money. I was like, oh fuck, that's crazy. Whoa. 
huh. And that was like all the way back in Vice City. And I think there's a thing like that in GTA 3 too, but I don't know. He didn't speak. I always that. just thought about <laughs> like how fucking insane would it be to have that job? Where it's like, yo, you gotta design the city, create that, and you gotta build a map and shit like that. Like, that always just seemed like the coolest shit in the world to me. So then with Cloud City, I kind of got to do that, you know, to a certain degree or whatever. I'm hoping that my buddy got drone photos though. Like, I wanted to get like more drone footage and, and shit like that, so I could do that. And then I wanted to, if I could do it. Do it to where I laid out on the ground and it says wasted. <laughs> like the GTA stuff. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be crazy. That'd be tough. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm always like taking inspiration from different things and putting it into different mediums and shit. Mm -hmm. And trying to like change that around. So what was your biggest inspiration for this album that you put out? Um I'm sorry, uh, uh, name of it is Lights Out at the Palace, yeah, right? Okay, it's Lights Out at the Palace. Streaming on all platforms? Right, right, make sure you put that out there. Yeah. It is streaming on all platforms. I keep forgetting to say that because it came out on SoundCloud <laughs> so long ago and I drugged my feet like an idiot fucking getting it on Spotify. Uh, man, honestly, that album came the old-fashioned way of just kind of how I was feeling and like what, um, like, well, fuck it. I guess I'm here and you asked, so I'll explain the whole thing. I knew I needed to come out with more music I hadn't in a long time. I only came out with like two songs in 2018. So, uh, Raiden had been making a bunch of new beats and we lived together. So, you know, I was just hearing the shit he was making and I really liked them. They made me kind of want to write, but I was just having a real trouble, like hard time writing, period. So, and I felt like kind of suffocated and trapped by the whole event throwing thing because it is my job. Like, I'm kind of it's slave now and like I my bills need to get paid so it's harder to make like artistic decisions when your bills need to get paid mm. it's easier to go the route of just like well what makes money and then mm -hmm. that's how you lose your inspiration and shit like that too and so I was just thinking about the idea of like getting what you want and like getting what you wish for and how it's never you know quite what it seems and shit like that and I watched a movie. It's an HBO series about Saddam Hussein and his uh, family. It was on HBO, and like, it was crazy because it just made me think of a palace. Because his palace was wild, and we dropped a bomb through that motherfucker. Like, like during the Iraq War and the invasion, like we just straight just dropped a bomb right on yeah. it. There's a big hole in it, and I just always thought the title was crazy of thinking about like having a palace and like you've gotten there and you have this big thing but you can't even keep the lights on in it mm -hmm. and like nothing works and it's like it's just like everything's about to end and like or how Saddam Hussein felt like right as the bombs were falling and he was just like damn like it's over right like this I can't like the I lights are off in this right. motherfucker like you know what I mean and so I was also thinking a lot about uh, Keith Flint. He was the lead singer of a group called Prodigy who had just died around that time. And I saw this really scary video of Johnny Rotten from the Sex Pistols talking about Keith Flint and why he died. And I sampled that video and I put it in. I was going to ask what that yeah. was because I was typing. I couldn't find it. Yeah, and I was just thinking about all these things about like 
getting what you want and like you know Keith Flint was like a music legend and shit like that but then it's like you actually think about what his life is like day to day and what kind of existence that is to live in that shit and that's kind of I don't know that's what it was all sort of about and that's where I felt about it and same with Nine Inch Nails too that was obviously just a big inspiration because one of the beats is sampled by Nine Inch Nails and then the other song is just a straight up cover of my favorite song of theirs but uh, yeah I just wanted to explore that idea Sad Los Angeles was kind of about that as well I kind of paired those two projects together it's like I don't know companions to one another just about the flip side of shit and the dark I don't know the side of like when you go after this shit you really try to make art and music your career it does have consequences and it does you know fuck your life up in a lot of ways and so I've always wanted to try and talk about that as well so that's kind of what it's about for the most part that's why I cut a couple bars on uh, that you said. I guess the conflict of it, yeah. as far as your friends passing, but you worried about yeah. the next album coming. You know what I mean? Yeah, coming for sure. Um, do you feel like that <clears throat> music and stuff is more like a hindrance, and you feeling those type of things, or you feel like it helps? I don't know, man. It's just like I also had a big. A lot of it's really about the conflict of like, you know, just asking myself if I'm actually done. Like, is this event shit just what I do now? Like, is it just my life, or do I still have more albums in me, or whatever? Because it's harder for me to make music. Like, that's the biggest thing that was, like, scary to me. It was like, oh, shit, this making music shit used to be easy. Now it's hard as fuck to just sit down and buckle down and get enough clarity of mind to, like, write a song. Mm -hmm. I can barely do that, because, like, shit's just coming at me at, like, a million miles a minute. And so, I don't know, man. Uh... It is a pretty depressing project, and Sad Los Angeles kind of is too. And the next project I have isn't so much so, because it's actually an older project. They're like It's one that me and Raiden started working on the summer of 2018, and then I just drug my feet and never finished writing it, but we're actually going to shorten it and like make it an EP. It's going to be called Rubicon, and we're going to release that soon. Mm. But... Uh, yeah, man, like, I really like Lights Off in the Palace because I gave myself two months to do it. I just released the, I made the flyer. I just decided that that's what the project was going to be called. I made the cover art for it. I made the flyer for the release show. I already had the date just booked up anyway, and I didn't know what to do with it. And I was like, fuck it, that sounds like a good time to do a release show for it. I announced it. And then I was like, no, I have to write it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a... Yeah, because it was like, I knew the, what having a year off of a job taught me is that I need deadlines. Like, I was more efficient when I had a job because you only have so much time then to work so you can't fuck around and just have stupid get high all day days. Right, right. And now I have tons of get high all day days. <laughs> 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 and so I, uh, you know, I try to like mitigate those as much as possible but uh it's harder to write shit now because i'm too psyched out about how people will think of it not in a way of like will people think it's good or not but like people will actually be listening to what i'm saying and it's like if i'm being true and honest to myself all day i work in the fucking music business with other artists and other promoters and other people and shit like that that these are essentially my co-workers mm -hmm. and if i start releasing music that's just saying shit about everybody 
or whatever because it's like I work with plenty of people and they piss me off all the time and I'm sure I've pissed plenty of people off that's the nature of the game that's just how it goes and I still love those people and all that but it's like if I talked about what I was really going through and a lot of my music shit it would be fucking lame it would be like I don't know it would just be like some corny ass shit Mm -hmm. if I tried to do that because then people would take it as me trying to diss people right when instead it's just like no this is just an honest account of what happened and we're still you know but i don't know so i try to keep shit more abstract now and whatnot but i do want to make like happier music too because i think that that has a lot to um a lot of times you don't have a choice in what you write and the kind of music you're making at the time it's just like that's what's flowing through you or whatever but uh I do think that you can make a conscious choice to try different things that could benefit you and put you on a different wavelength and shit like that. Because, like, I've wrote songs that have, like, cheered me up. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, therapeutic for you? Yeah, they're just, like... Not even that, like, I got a bunch of bad shit out, but it was just, like, a different wave of shit. Mm -hmm. And I just thought it was cool. (laughs) And um, that's why I don't listen to lyrics as much, like, for a lot of people. Because, like, to me, it's, like... I know we process that and people hear it and we like it and stuff like that but at the end of the day I think just music can do that like when I just hear a melody period there's some melodies that when they come on people just know it or some mm-hmm. beats or instrumentals Back and here. like mm-hmm. you don't need words and shit like that it's a feeling immediately yeah, 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 yeah. yeah and it's like that shit is like the cream of the crop that's like the real music that's like Quincy Jones shit that's mm-hmm. like you know it's more than just lyrics yeah that's why pop music like yo they just hire people to write the lyrics they're like yo just make sure it fits right 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 I don't give a fuck what it's about and yeah there's people that are great lyricists now so they write good songs that's like how Frank Ocean got his start that's how fucking Bruno Mars got his start you know a lot of those dudes wrote shit for Beyonce or whatever but it's like yeah brilliant producers make the arrangement and figure that shit out and it's like but also like that world is not something that I'm super interested in either mm. and like making music that way mm. so I would rather just be left alone to do it but I'm also in a band now so oh where you got a band? yeah I can't I'm not gonna say the name yet I'm okay. not gonna announce it okay. yet okay. okay. alright that's cool that's fine. I am in a band right now and we're practicing and it's like super exciting I'm gonna play drums and guitar in it really? so okay. I'm excited um, for that man I needed like a fresh start. You know what I mean? Okay. I needed like. So is that what the Lights Out of House was? Pretty much like just closing and then. No, I mean, I'm still going to release music to Sam Rothstein. I don't want to put that out there that I'm like ending that. But mm-hmm. it's just that I need. Um, okay, it's like. I've played so far in a video game, right? And. Video game is different choices you can make, but once you make it, you can't unmake it, right? Mm-hmm. And I've made so many choices, and I've gotten a good distance in the game, but it's like, fuck, if I just restart the game, everything I know about the game now that I've seen, I can use to make better and probably get there at a shorter distance or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's where I'm at with it. Well, given it gets respawns. Just want to throw that because that crazy. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like, that's how I've looked at it. It's like everything I do as Sam Rothstein, as a rapper, I have to live with every decision Sam Rothstein's ever made. And, like, you know, if I'm in a band, if it's a whole new thing, all the connections I have, all the 
knowledge I have, everything now that I know, I can apply to this new thing that has a clean slate and a clean reputation and can just be a new thing. Okay. And so I still want to keep going on with Sam Rothstein. Um, but I just wanted to be, like, play fucking instruments again, honestly. How long have you been playing guitar and stuff for? I've been playing guitar semi-seriously probably since I was 18. Okay. And I've been playing drums since I was 14. There's, like, year or two gaps in there with both of them that I didn't play any at all, but, like, if you handed me one, I could still fucking play it, but, um... Yeah, I don't know. I've always played guitar kind of regularly, but I never, like, excelled at it. I never, like... You know, to get good at anything, you just have to do it for fucking three hours a day. Mm-hmm. And constantly be trying new shit and giving yourself new challenges. That's the only way you get better. And I just never had the drive to do that with guitar. I just kind of wanted to learn the basics to figure out how to, like, just sing and play some songs. But, uh... And I never wanted to, like, rap and play guitar. I always wanted to, like, stray from that. But, uh, I don't know. I do miss playing it, though. And I know that now, if I have a band and somebody else that can help me, that, like, give me good material to try and write to and make shit around and better stuff, mm-hmm. that it'll make me a better musician or whatever. So, because I just... That is what a lot of Lights Out in the Palace showed me. of just, like, this show shit, it's cool, it's great, it can make money, and it does give people a good platform or whatever, but it's not fucking everything. And it's not the reason I really, really got into this shit. Like, I still got into this shit to make music and to create stuff, not just create a bunch of shit for other people, too. Mm. But, yeah. That album's tough. Man, my, my voice cracked like a <laughs> God damn. No, that album's tough. What's your uh, favorite song on that album, if you gotta pick one? One of the most recent ones? Yeah, it lights up. Um... Man. I would probably say I don't know my name. Okay. Um, I really like that one. I really like Anton M too. It's just like it was good that I gave myself two months to do it and I couldn't fuck around with it a lot. And I just had to make a decision on stuff. Are you guys hip to caramel dittos, bro? Have you ever had these? No, I don't have Bro, if more people were hip to caramel dittos, there would never be any more caramel corn sold in the world. Really? Because this is like caramel corn, bro. Where do you get a from? Oh, that's cod. Yeah. yeah. That look like, yeah, that look like corner store. <laughs> bro, have you you guys ever had waffle crisp cereal? Yes. Yes. So it was delicious. How long do you tell me it doesn't taste like waffle crisp cereal? Like just without the milk. Oh, shit. That's straight waffle crisp. <laughs> like what you dog. That's good. That's, These are that's a quick little bug like... Bug. Yeah, that should be way back. Hitting as fuck. Shout out to Cons. I watched the Cons um, potato chip factory burn one time. Because there's one in Lancaster, Ohio. And when I got bad grades, my mom would make me walk to school. And so, one morning, I was walking and this motherfucker was on fire, bro. Because I could smell him like frying the potato chips in the morning and shit walking right, by. Right. I was probably like, yeah, wake up. You know, I'll be on the way to school. Like, I mean, it was, it was cons, though, so like. <laughs> it didn't smell that good. It's still Wonder Bread Factory, if you know what I mean. It's still 99 yeah. But, ma'am, I've never seen anything like it. Like, that flame was like 30 feet in the fucking air. And it was like a one story building for the most part. Oh, it was like a tall, like, shit. commercial one story building. But 
they had to have like a special fire department thing come down, spray foam on it, because it was a grease fire. So you couldn't, oh, yeah, throw water on it, yeah, 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 yeah. throw water on it and whatnot. So it was crazy. But I recently discovered these, and I'm like, yo, these are the most tasty fucking sweet thing ever. Mm-hmm. No, like, I don't ever want caramel corn again. I just want dittos everywhere. That's the, yeah. I'm not a big caramel corn fan anyway, but those are good. <laughs> those slap. Those ain't bad. These are different, bro. Right. I'm, yeah. These are different. Sorry. You're good. No, you can talk about it, man. <laughs> <laughs> food is a thing that, like, who the fuck doesn't like food? Like, you ever met anybody that's just like, yeah, I just don't like eating. Fuck food, I'm like. Yeah, you wouldn't believe him. Right. Only drink shakes. Yeah. Some people are like that, though. But I, I just feel like they're not being honest with themselves. Like, eating the food you like to eat, I feel like, is a pretty crucial part of life. <coughs> like, we need to do that. Why is that? I don't know. Just, <laughs> like, I don't know, man. I just feel like there's plenty of people that work out every single day, mm-hmm. try to do things the right way, strict way, blah, blah, blah. And they still die at like 40. Something yeah. random happens. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. I guess if you got to just feel like over one thing, go ahead. There's something it. good for your energy. Like, you can always take everything overboard. Like, if you love eating zebra cakes and you eat 8 million zebra cakes, right, of course, right. that's terrible. Right. Not super dry, but. But it's just like figuring out, I don't know, what you like. I think that's so crucial to the human experience. I feel like there's so many people out here that don't understand what they like mm-hmm. or why they like it. <clears throat> but um, yeah, I don't know. No, that's real for sure, man. Because the, there's like there's people that don't masturbate, no. and there's people that are like yeah, like they know they can. Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah, I won't do that. Nah, I'm cool. Right. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> what? <laughs> there's people Not that don't like. <laughs> I, just, I just think people need to think about what they're doing and why they do it more. Than people do. I think people just like shit without understanding why. Mm-hmm. And people love football and love going to the bar and getting in other, you know, getting fights with dudes. Mm-hmm. They like football too, about football. About football. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, why do you do that? Right. Like, what? what is that thing with you? You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And I said to anybody, why do I like fucking being in shows and hearing loud music and fucking taking drugs and shit like that? Mm-hmm. Like, I try to think about that too. That's what a lot of my music is, though. It's kind of just a meditation on that if you will oh, oh god <coughs> I need like water an actual thing of water yeah, some Brita yeah, filter yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout, shout out to the Brita filter fancy Brita here yeah. yeah shout out to Brita what time is it it is 4.13 <coughs> oh we're good um so how you guys have been doing this for like a little over a year mm-hmm. yeah so how long was it? Like, where did it initially come out on? Uh, actually came out on Anchor. The app, uh, Anchor. Yeah. Okay. I remember hearing about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, he was just, actually, we was rooming together. He was, um, heard him in his room just talking to himself. It, it looks all And I, like, first. just stepped in, like, bro, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, this shit sounds crazy. So I let him do that for, like, an episode. Or a couple episodes, and then one day I just walked in. It was like Friday or something. I was like, man, fuck, I'm about to roll up. Let's talk some shit. And we did that, and that shit shot up to, like, <coughs> what, number six or something? Yeah, it was on, like, like, the anchor station. Damn. They quick, right. Yeah, so it was like, 
well, it's obvious we might have something, a little something. So let's try it out. Thank you, by the way. Um, oh, bro. It was just talking shit. Mm-hmm. God, water is so lit. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Definitely underrated, man. God, yeah, <laughs> Definitely dude. Fuck. Underrated, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just always like, that's why I'm always down to get on any person's podcast mm-hmm. and just like help if I can and at least mm-hmm. give them a good episode. Because it's like, man, I've had those guests where it's just like, you gotta yank shit out of them. And they just give you no ground. They just sit there. Make you rethink if you want to you do it before or not. Yeah, it's like I don't know. I don't know. It's just difficult. Like you said, you got to pull stuff out of them. But it's just yeah. And sometimes, and sometimes you don't, it's dry. It's just like oh, nothing okay, more so. you can do. Yeah. Like you throw. So the how? House. Since you have been on, how do you do that? You know what I mean? Is there like? Oh, I mean, I just talk it, the whole time. That, <laughs> 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 the easiest solution ever. Yeah, I mean, that's just, just go. Yeah, yeah, I just talk the entire time. Like, well, fuck you if you're not gonna talk. Right, right, I, I got it. Yeah. I hate when I have to do that though. Like, I have no problem just talking for a long period of time, but it's like, it's like, yo, I wanted you to talk. Right, that's right. Why I did. I brought this. you like, here. I know how to just talk for a long time. Right. I know how to like get that out there if I need, but like, not a lot of other people do. It's why they like to be on podcasts. And that's why so. I like go and uh, from when we started doing interviews so now that's one thing I'm starting to learn is that like um trying to like get shit out of people like how do you professionally tell somebody no? What do you mean? <laughs> like no to what? Uh, coming on. <laughs> like, oh, um, do you ever have that issue or is it just pretty much open arm? Just like I mean, no. In my podcast, I, people would just tell me to have them on, and I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but it's like you just number one, um, just ask them what they're going to talk about. Mm. I guess we don't even like, nah, but that's a professional, like, what's your show saying? Are they, are they like artists or are they just people that just do nothing and they're like, yo, put me on your podcast? It's like, oh, why I, would I have I know how podcast? to dodge those, like, oh, yeah, we, for sure, yeah, we're gonna get you, uh huh, yeah. let me connect with my. But artists, but it's also I feel like it's like, hard to do that with artists because they're, it's their art. You know what I mean? What's your reason for not fucking with the artists? We, we Maybe just, just the music. We just didn't have time yeah. to dive into the art. Okay. And then that's a good response. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good response. <laughs> we didn't have time to dive into the art. <laughs> that, you can put that in an email. Right. Oh yeah. That's good. That's yeah. a good response. For Shout sure. out to work husband shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and then I don't know. I didn't have too big of a problem with that. And then it'll be too late. Yeah. And then, yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, you just gotta tell me. Yeah, you know, I'm booked up, real, real busy. <laughs> you know, like there. I don't know. I I run into where a lot of people just they hit me up and they go, "Yo, let's work. Let's mm-hmm. let's do something." I'm like bet we sit down and then. They're like, uh, <clears throat> all right, so I had this idea. I need you to do it for me. Mm. And it's just like, oh, no. <laughs> uh, or they're just like, it amounts to like, yo, let's work this collab. We can work something out. And it just amounts to them just being like, yeah, you can put me on a show. Mm. And it's just like, oh, so not... what are you doing for me? Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's a lot of that shit, man. And, uh. I don't know. I think that it's important for fucking civilians and like 
and I say civilians because I mean people that are not in the artistic fight to like know their place in terms of like I don't know man there, there's a lot of people that are just like yo put me on like I'll just be on there but it's like yo but what do you do right like this shit is for or motherfuckers that just want to stand on the stage people that just want to be up there on the stage and let everybody see them and it's like yo the only reason you gotta do that right now is cause you never figured out a way to do it in real life mm. on your own where people right. are looking at you right so it's like to me the stage is like yo I, people that are up on that stage deserve to be there and they earned that you can't just walk up on that stage now with podcasts and shit some people like just talking to regular people on a podcast mm-hmm. I would like a podcast where I can do that right. where I can just talk to anybody mm-hmm. but um you know as the business goes and as things are starting to be driven towards it's like you want guests that are going to get you high traffic and vice versa and blah 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 so I don't know what were we talking about <laughs> professionally telling people no oh yeah <laughs> finessing yeah well it's just like yeah sometimes you just gotta tell people like yo yo are you good at talking for three hours right, right. like have you done other podcasts like cause that's the other thing I would ask them mm-hmm. like, have you done other podcasts can we mm-hmm. hear what you sound like because like with us being new and like because every time we have somebody on like we're also getting like their core audience is one that listening to us so it's just like I'm trying to like because I feel like we've gotten momentum with every episode we drop and for just being real this one about to take off just because this is a super anticipated one but um hold on but then like I don't want to put anything out that'll like tarnish the brand especially I don't want like since it'll be a lot of people's first impressions of us yeah, I don't want that to like. Kind of the way I listen to podcasts. So yeah, that's what I'm trying to manage. So like the yeah, I forgot where that started. I'm high. My mind is dry. <laughs> I'm <laughs> shit right now, man. I really yeah, am. Yeah. I'm happy that all I have to do is just go to a comedy show after this. <laughs> that's probably the best place to go when you fry. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm just gonna sit there and be giggling real loud. Uh, do you ever take a stage at one of those? Or you just fuck them no. together? You, you, you ever go do it? <laughs> No, dude. You're not going to try. I'm decently funny, too. I can be funny, but, like, no. I'm certainly not as funny as I used to be. I'm a fucking bitter old man now. But, uh... Thoughts up to 30. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm, uh... I don't know. I, um... Again, it's just like I was saying. Like, I don't deserve to be on that stage. Like, those are comedians. Like, they take that shit really seriously. They have the balls to get up there and try and be funny. Like, I don't want to demean them. By just putting myself up there, because it's like, hey, this is my show. Like, I'm not going to do that type right. of shit. I, I would like to get into hosting comedy right. shows and just being funny enough that I can just host. Right. Pop up for a couple of seconds. Yeah, yeah, seconds. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And, like, I'm a good host at all my other shows. Like, I know how to host really well. Right. So, uh, I don't know. I would like to do that. But, yeah, I take the comedy shit really, really seriously. So, I wouldn't want to, I don't know. I'd leave that to. Mm-hmm. Professionals, even though you know, I've seen comedians that kill that shit, and they've been doing it for nine months, and then other comedians that have been doing it for eight years, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, it's like, and they're all up on the same stage together, and that's how it works in rap a lot of times, right. too. Mm-hmm. So, hip hop and comedy are always very similar and whatnot. I just wish comedy had um, a little more structure and a little more, uh, what do you call it? Well, structure, yeah. Organization and kind of like, it's just open mics. It's just chaos. Mm-hmm. So much of Columbus in the art and event and show scene here, local event scene, is just fucking chaos. 
because there's so many now. It's like a boom. And, like, Columbus is one of the fastest-growing cities in the country, for sure. And tons of people are moving here. And tons of people with money are moving here. And so they need shit to do and more entertainment and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> it's been cool to watch it happen in real time since 2017 when I started doing this. Mm -hmm. To get to even just now, which isn't that far away. Okay. And, uh, I don't know, getting to fucking like fill that void to some degree to where it's like people needed cool shit to do I gave them cool shit to do and I'm happy about that but doing a lot of that made me miss rapping and just making music mm -hmm. so I definitely gotta focus more on that and also I need to stay in the house more so I can cook more like I'm sick of every place there is to eat what's your favorite thing to cook? like what's your go to? my, re my number one favorite thing to cook it's probably chicken noodles. Like, mm. I make some ridiculous from scratch chicken That's noodles. That's why you make the pasta. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, all right, I make really good meatballs, too. I fucking okay. meatballs and okay. shit like that. And then chicken quesadillas, man. I can make just mm. sick-ass chicken quesadillas. <laughs> like, I don't oh, know how else to good. say it. <laughs> great. They're fucking great, man. Um, I just love cooking in general, man. I used to do it so much. And now I just don't have time to because it's hard to, like, have good ass vegetables and shit that you have to cook within the next couple of days but then you got a random show in Cincinnati and you gotta do all this I'm just so sick of everything there is to eat and like the shit's good too and I go to like different spots like I've been fucking with this Caribbean spot but I don't know oh, that, uh, I am talking about food that 614 takeover shout out to M&M's uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah I forgot all about that I fuck um, with M&M's, bro. Hell yeah. I've eaten so much M&M's, I'm sick of them, too. I'm on to Fisher's now. I'm almost sick of Fisher's. I don't think I had that. I know Jesse Mays down the street. It's like, there's M&M's on Alum Creek mm -hmm. and whatnot, and then down Livingston further, there's Fisher's. And uh, Fisher's is actually really, really fucking good, though. But I'm still on the Eddie's Chicken and Waffles tip. So, like, I've got a ton of good chicken spots within Eddie's one mile chicken of waffles. Where is that? Off of, uh... It's on Livingston as well. Really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Eastside? Yeah. Yeah. I, live, I live over just like south of Bexley a little bit like oh, right by James okay. and Livingston okay. I'm off of Bryce mm -hmm. yeah a little trip but yeah right yeah. yeah it's um it's so funny cause like Columbus people always used to give me shit for making them like drive far or whatever and Columbus people think everything is a far drive Right. But like, I used to, I used to live in Lancaster and work in Hilliard. So like, I drove an hour and ten minutes to and from work every single day. So I was like, yo, none of this shit is like a far drive. Right. Like yeah. anything in Columbus yeah. is twenty fucking minutes away. Right. It's not yeah, that bad. I used to drive from Pasco to Westerville. And that doesn't even sound that bad though. Nah, honestly, that was a cool trip. Like yeah, it just like what did you do? Just go up to like one sixty one or something? I'm taking a three seven one sixty one. See, yeah. my father's was East End Grove. No, uh, Obets. Mm. Yeah, that's a little hard, but that ain't crazy. Oh, yeah, I, I used to go to Lancaster to Obets because I used to work at Zoo Lily. <laughs> no, that's not where you worked at. Where would you work at the bookstore? What was the book shit that you worked at? Uh, shit? Oh, McGraw Hill? Yeah, it goes. Yeah. I'm thinking, yeah. Yeah, Obets is like, that whole part of Columbus is weird. It is. It's just country as fuck. As like, it's just country as fuck. <laughs> it's still in Columbus and shit. Right. Like, you can still just go right down and you're on South High Street. Mm -hmm. But it's still just like country, bro. 
It's crazy. Strip. Yeah. Just fields and shit. I don't right. know. Right. There's some places on the west side too that are like that as well. It's just a big open field. Farm equipment sitting out there and shit. It's like, what do you do out here? <laughs> so I don't even go out the west side. I couldn't even show you. That's crazy if it's oh, out there. I've been, I haven't lived in Columbus that long, but I've kind of randomly been a lot of different places in it. And uh, it's a cool city, but I feel like its identity is going to change a lot in the next 10 years or so. It's going to become very different. And I don't really know what that means because I'm not from here. So I don't have like super attached Columbus childhood memories and stuff. Mm. And there's other people like Malcolm, you know, or whoever that do and understand that and are trying to kind of make sure that stays alive amidst all the money and gentrification and stuff coming to Columbus and whatnot. So I think that's cool. You know, I, I hope I don't, I don't want to become... It's like places that get gentrified, they're usually like low-income neighborhoods or whatever. And a lot of artists come in first. And artists come in, they start up venues and start up different shit, galleries, stuff there. That's just cool. And young people come down and it's cool and blah, blah, blah. But like, then the money people come in around it and they build like a chain restaurant here and do all this. Mm. And it's like... <coughs> I don't know. After a while, they're like, well, we don't really need all these fucking artists causing mm-hmm. trouble here and shit like that. Like, we have a nice little commercial district. So then the artists aren't even able to be in the area that they made cool in the first place. Mm-hmm. Not to mention the people that originally fucking lived there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of a cycle of bullshit. But for people like me, with that throw events and stuff like that, it can be beneficial. But it's just weirder to me now to have to be cognizant of that. Mm-hmm when I'm planning shows and things ahead and having to know where venues are available and what new shit is opening up and what's closing down and stuff like that. It's weird. And I think that's like the kind of soul-sucking shit that makes me want to write less the further I get into that. So that's why I'm like, let me just fucking chill out mm-hmm. <clears throat> with this. Because, you know, like, man, and... Man, I, I don't even know if I should talk about this, but... Like, someone almost, someone could have gotten hurt at one of my recent shows and stuff like that. Nothing happened, but it was just like a whole perfect circle or like a perfect storm of circumstances that just catered to someone almost getting hurt in a big-ass fight breaking out. And like, yo, everybody has fights break out at bars and shit. Like, it just happens. It's not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. However, though, like, at the end of the day, this shit's my responsibility. If I threw the show, if I'm the goddamn reason anyone's even there in the first place uh it's up to me to make sure people stay safe and stuff like that and it's like that kind of responsibility is weird feeling because it's like you don't have tons of money to do it to just pay tons of security people and whatnot and um i don't know it's just shit that like i never pictured having to worry about before and so that's the stressful thing about it is like at any time some shit could just go catastrophically wrong and even if no one blamed me, I'm still responsible. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I just don't... Uh, I feel like the higher up you get with events... You know, like, 160 people fucking died at Woodstock. What? Yeah, people don't know that because they all just overdosed. So it wasn't oh, like an accident happened shit. and 118 people right here died. But amidst the 600,000 people altogether that were there that weekend... There was 
Yeah, about a hundred and some people that fucking died of overdoses and shit. It's like, is Woodstock responsible for that? Mm. Like, not necessarily. But it's like, why didn't they have ambulances on standby? And it's like, well, because they didn't really know it was going to be that big. The only reason that many people got there is because they had to make it free because they couldn't afford to build fences. So, couldn't build the shit to have people walk through and all that. And so it's like, I don't know, man. Before I did Cloud City, I did a lot of research into other people that had started festivals. The guy that started Burning Man, the guy that started Warp Tour, and all this other stuff, and just seeing what they had to say about it. And it's like a, it's a crazy world, man. It's something you really gotta like put your life into if you want to do it on that big of a scale. And I can already see Cloud City growing into something that could be on that scale. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, damn, am I prepared to do that? To like really make that shit my life. Right. Will my rap career survive that? Mm-hmm. If like you know, because I don't believe that you can just take five fucking years off rap and then come back, unless you're Jay Z. You're right. You know what I mean? Nah, I you mean, can't do that. Mm-hmm. Like, people forget about you now. Yeah, especially the way music on the internet and everything moves now. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know, man. It's a weird predicament that I'm in, and it seems like a fucking. Uh, what do you call it? A problem of riches or some shit like that. Whatever the phrase is for it, I forget what it is. Like first world problems? Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. And it's like, and it is, for sure. But it's still a fucking problem. Yeah. Because I never thought I'd get to that point. Right. To where it's like, none of this shit I had really, really imagined would happen. So I'm just like dealing with it as it comes at me. I'm trying to figure out where that goes. And, uh... I'm sure people are tired of hearing me talk about it, but that's also when it comes down to making an album and like writing down your feelings. Because that's what everybody says: is just write down what you feel, man. Just do that, <laughs> man. Mm-hmm. And then you do that, and you're like, "Oh shit, this is weird." Like, can anybody even relate to this? Like, mm-hmm. if I'm just talking about show stuff and just, you know, because I feel like that's why Nipsey was so cool. You know, like, he made you feel like you were part of his world and the business shit he was doing. Like, his, him and being good with business and creating new business models and telling people about business, that was, like, his thing. That was, like, his style, the way Eminem talked about killing his fucking mom. Nipsey right. talked about owning his neighborhood and stuff like that. Or businesses in his neighborhood. And that shit was always cool. That was always, like was so inspirational about Nipsey and such a tragedy when he died and it's a tragedy when any rapper dies but like that one hurt extra like a lot more for me because I was like damn it he legitimately was like one of the good guys and he was creating a new model for rappers to come up and be independent outside of labels and shit like that in ways that you could be a millionaire before you even step to the table you know what I mean like before he signed his record deal he was already a millionaire Like a real one. Like had a million dollars in the bank. And I don't know, man. Rappers like that are not the... No rapper needs to die, but certainly those are the last motherfuckers that need to die are the ones that are really giving people game and really telling people, especially rappers, because, you know, like I've talked about this before, like I don't really give a fuck in my shows about getting like the biggest crowd. And that can like sound like some preemptively defeated shit to say or like I'm setting low expectations for myself like I want big crowds of course Mm -hmm. big crowds are always great 
because big crowds are actually easier to work with than small crowds. If you have a ton of people in there, you're going to have an easy night for a show because people generally, when there's more of them in a room, they act more similar to one another. Mm -hmm. And so there's not people getting distracted by this shit and that shit. They'll all start to do the same thing. So bigger crowds just mean an easier show for the most part. And more money, of course. Right, of course. But, like, as far as my audience goes, the people who are, like, the people who tune in to me and want to see what I'm doing with my events and stuff like that, I don't give a fuck if it's just general, regular-ass people. And I don't mean that in a bad way, either, because I welcome all of them as well. But, like, the audience I care about pleasing is artists. And, like, I'm trying to, like, do shit for, like, those are the only people I've ever associated as being, like, my people. It's just other creatives and artists. And people that really try to make it their life. Because it's like, it's fucking hard. And so, I've always just tried to, in a kind of bigger sense, just make the world a little bit easier for artists that are trying to come up. Because it's like, yo, this is a dangerous, fucking harsh, mean world. Let me at least give you a couple tools and some things to take with you before you go Mm -hmm. out there into the fucking slaughter. And I know it's super dramatic, but, <laughs> like, no, you know, that's just all, how I've always kind of viewed it, because it's how it felt to me, too. And it, people were super generous to me. People were very nice to me when I started taking art seriously and very encouraging and still have been to this day, and I'm immensely grateful for it. So I do try and pay it forward a little bit if I can, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's why I, I try not to be a hater out here and, like, really be... Even if I have a problem, because there's people and other entities that I have problems with the way they do business. But, like, I don't think they're bad people. I'm not going to sit and beef with them publicly about it. But it's like, I just have my opinion about some shit. But it's like, yo, does the world really need my opinion about that? Is it Because, like, I had a situation recently where it bit me in the ass. To where, like, I was just talking shit on Facebook. Said something about this only happens in Ohio, that, that Instagram account and the Ohio Hip Hop Awards and something else. And I really was just making a joke. But I got this whole debate started, the fucking post just took off. And I was like, fuck shit. <laughs> and, and so people were in there talking about it because I was like, I'll give anybody $1,000 if they can show me a rapper who truly blew up off the Ohio Hip Hop Awards. I'll give you $500 if you show me, or no, 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 $1,000 was the rapper that blew off blew up off coast to coast mixtapes the five hundred dollars was a rap, if you can name me a rapper that got big off the ohio hip-hop boards and then three hundred dollars for anybody that uh can show me dope footage of the this only happens in ohio tour and it was a stupid and a lot of people thought it was funny but then like i didn't expect it to blow up that much and right. then people thought i was being serious and then they started tagging people in it so then, like, fucking three weeks later, the head of This Only Happens in Ohio hits me up. He's just like, yo, we need to talk. What's your number? And I send it to him. He calls me. And, man, like, I, I got to admit, like, he was definitely pissed and he was trying to flex on me for sure. Mm-hmm. And, like, and I get that. But he really did make me see shit in a different way. And he was like, look, bro, like, this is my fucking job. I built this company from nothing. And, like, this is how I feed my fucking kids. This is how I pay for my fucking house. This is, you know, like, I really live this shit. And, like, I've never done a fucking thing to you. And you're just out here slandering my shit or whatever. And I was like, damn. Like, when he said that, though, I was like, wow, I really am that guy. Like, I can't refute any of that of what he said. And, you know, but then, you know, 
he still just kept trying to flex. I was like, hey, hey, hey. Like, right, it was a Facebook right. post, dude. Right. Like, chill. Fuck out. Yeah. But, um, but still though, he was and like, you know, he was as respectful as I think I would have been in his position. And he really did make me see things in a different way. And I honestly, like at the end of it, I was like, God damn dude, like that's a whack that I did that. Mm-hmm. And so I apologized publicly and shit as well. And I'm sure we'll probably never cross paths again, or maybe we will. I don't know. But like, I don't know. It made me stop and think like, oh shit, yeah, what I do say does matter. Mm-hmm. And not that like, oh, just be careful because it'll get back around to people. But it's like, no, people are just watching it. Right. And right. what I have to say about events and shit like that, people are starting to listen to after five years of me bitching about it or whatever mm-hmm. in every space that I can. So that's why now, that's why Twitter's dangerous. Mm-hmm. Like the little just asshole thoughts that come into my head, it's like, no, nah, you don't want to have those. Quick shots on that motherfucker. Yeah. yeah. So it's like Facebook will make me, by the time I'm like at the end of the rant mm-hmm. and I'm like a little less high, I'll just read through it and be like, I don't need to say this yeah, bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't need to fucking say this. Mm-hmm. Uh, There's sometimes though, I do. Because every platform has its own way to rant on it that can be effective. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. That's I like, my podcast department. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like just going live on Facebook a little bit every other day. That's always helped me. And like, because I guess enough people are just free when I do it that they can watch and shit. Because I usually just list the topics I'm about to talk about or whatever. And uh, I wish there was a way that I could easier or record it easier and make it better quality just going live on Facebook like that. But still just do it from my phone so that way I could put it on Stitcher or whatever. Because I do, you know, I want to have, like, a big four-hour an episode podcast of some kind at some point. But I do want to have, like, a 15-minute-long podcast as well. Or just, like, quick in and out. Yeah. yeah. That's why you should download the Anchor app. Shout-out to Matty Bo. Oh, <laughs> yeah. The host with the most mojo. Man, you, you already know, know the... I haven't, um... <laughs> I haven't seen the Anchor app in a while. Somebody showed it to me. Because that's how we got started. Mm-hmm. And you just download it, just turn it on, it records you. Edit post. It's really post easy story. to go. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna cut this. We need to get paid for this because they're paying people. To nah, plug we yeah, fuck that. That's <laughs> something no. Yeah, we don't do enough on Anchor <laughs> anymore. <laughs> At all. We used to be on that motherfucking downs. We don't even talk to anybody anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I talk about it, That's a homie. Yeah. What about cannabis? Oh, <laughs> I thought we follow weird Instagram friends. Yep. 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 Shit like that. It's uh, Sunday, right? Yes, yeah. sir. All right, bet. Yes, sir. Then one dude who got mad at us saying that we don't show love. I was like, we don't even know you, dog. <laughs> he said you guys don't show love? Yeah. I've had people make subtle threats at me about not fucking with them. And it's like, man, that's just so weird to me. It, it's so right? weird. Motherfuckers all, all day are just like, yo, will you listen to my song and tell me? Mm-hmm. And like, I, I, I'm not like trying to be an asshole either because like it's like an honor that people are like yo what do you think right, about this right. like I get it want you. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. it's also like I know so much of it is like oh I'll show this dude my song and he'll just get me on a show and we'll, like I've been that artist too mm-hmm. that it's just like yo just listen to my song because that's all you really have to show right. for anything and like I feel bad just being like nah but like I have to make like a blanket statement now I'm just like no like yo I don't even have enough time to listen to the music I want to listen to let alone some shit that like could be trash, man. Because right. like I have people submit, and then if I have like a free four hours or whatever, mm-hmm. I'll sit and go through it, and like 
A lot of times, though, most of it's great, honestly. Most of it is great. But a lot of it, some of it, a little bit of it, <laughs> is... It's some of the worst shit I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> it's the shit that you would yeah. just tell someone, like, man, I'm sorry, you gotta quit. Shit. Even if just telling them that you gotta quit was the motivation they needed to be right. great. Right, right, right. You have to be that person. <laughs> you gotta play that role. You gotta be the person they talk about in the yeah, song. Like you, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. You're like, oh, shit, it's my, I gotta be the villain of the movie. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's who I gotta be. Yeah, yeah. But it's up to you to tell them, like, right. nah, that's not, so no, you gotta stop you right now. Right, right, right. You have to stop right now. It's terrible. Hey, man. I'm telling you, sometimes you gotta be that role. That person's important because that could either tell them, like, well, shit, yeah, I should have been a marine biologist, so right. now I'm doing that. And, like, how serious oh, do you take yeah. this shit? Yeah. I've seen a lot of people try and quit, man. I've seen a lot of people mm-hmm. just get, they hit that certain age and they're just like, I don't wanna do that anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, man. That shit always looked painful to me. And. I think that most people have a fear of success. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, most people have a fear of success. It's, that, it's not a fear of failure. Because when you succeed at something and you do something great, people then expect more of that out of you. Sure. I feel that. The guy's going right now. Yo, like, he on some bullshit this residential. Like, like, he knows we're recording right now. Come on, man. <laughs> Just looking right at us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but partially offended. Once you do something and you like really put yourself out there and do it, like with you guys, you guys have made a podcast, you named it, you came up with promo for it, came up with an Instagram, mm-hmm. you do it, you've done it 53 fucking times, you put yourself out there and you did it. Like, that shit is so scary and that shit is so hard to do and then because people expect it out of you now because you are the guys that do that thing and if you sit and you all you do all day is make the greatest fucking rocking chairs in the world and you sell those rocking chairs and give them out and people like you you're gonna either have to keep up making the same amount of rocking chairs that people always want or you're gonna have to find someone else to do it or whatever but it's like it's the burden of like you have to do when you do something great people expect more of it out of you and that's why it's cool to me artists that are like they get a little bit of fame and success and people were waiting on their next album and they're just like I quit and they just stop like, that's cool as fuck to me to have that kind of like that kind of control over themselves to where it's like I don't care about being famous that much I just want to do what I want to do even if that means not being rich and famous because so many people view their artistic path as this straightforward trajectory. It doesn't go sideways. It doesn't go off into this place or that place. And I don't know. I think it's cool. Like, I thought it was cool when Lil Uzi Vert said he was quitting. And I thought it was uncool when he didn't quit. But, like, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I like that, though. The idea that, like, you can just kind of be in control of that and do what you want. But that's what most people are afraid of. Because then, when they lose it, and like if they do something great, they have to do it at least that great, you know. And that's a feeling that you can get addicted to. I think a lot of people aren't ready to feel what it means to succeed. I think that's why a lot of players stay in the league for so long. You know what I mean? Because they're like, "Fuck, I just want to get a couple more wins." Because it's what you start living your life by. That's the metric that your life gets lived by, not work weeks or work days or anything like that. And so it's a weird life, man. It's like. Uh, because with art, there's no way to quantify it. 
You know, it's like the stock market. Like, there's no way to... Who the fuck knows why the price of grain or corn or gas is what it is, but it is there, and right. it changes all the time. <laughs> price of lumber changes all the time. Right. And there's people that can kind of predict it or at least see patterns in the math and stuff like that. But there's math that you can look into with that. With art and the way to get successful with art and stuff like that is predicting human behavior in the human heart, and that's unfucking predictable to some degree. And it's like some shit just happens at the right time. That's why there's some artists that happen at the wrong time. They get discovered 30 years later after they're old as fuck and can't do shit about it. But it's like, you know, that shit all matters. How art gets made is the same sort of universal math of how all the corn gets grown or how all the fucking polar bears, how many of those that there are. Like, it's all existing within the same universe. And there's some kind of math, like meta math, to how creativity works and to how people and ideas come about and stuff like that. But I think we're so far off from discovering that. But I think that's, there's people that'll be able to do that. I think there's people that'll be able to see and make sense of like what art actually does to us and how to really manipulate that and like bring us to like a new level of it. Cause it's like, yo, everybody is a good painter now. Everybody's a good rapper. Everybody's like, it'll get to a point where the value of because, right, it's not the value of money. It's not the, this painting's worth this much, or this album is worth this much, or this song is worth this much. It's about what does it do to the human heart, and how is how much value is there in that? How much more value did Nine Inch Nails have in the 80s when they were, like, one of the only bands of, like, five doing what they were doing versus the 800 different goth industrial bands that are out now that are just mimicking Nine Inch Nails? It's devalued now. There's more of it. It's like counterfeit currency in a way. And so it's like with apps to make photo editing easier and to make podcasting easier and all this other stuff, every artistic art form to some degree is becoming fucking easier and easier. And the barrier for entry is lower and lower, which means the population gets higher and higher. But the population of that art eats something. There's a resource that it feeds on, which is eyeballs and ears. It needs to be seen. It needs to be heard. It needs to be tasted or whatever it is. But when there's more art than there is eyeballs and ears and mouths and noses, then you have a big fucking problem because then no one can make money doing this shit. And so, um, I don't know, man. That's the type of shit I think about when I'm too high. <laughs> and that I'm like, yeah, I want to quit. Shoot. When you say we're podcasting, that's exactly how it is. Yeah, there's a million podcasts out there. You know what I mean? How do you differentiate yourself? Mm-hmm. You know, a bunch of people that are all claiming to be unique. Right, Everybody that's right. unique in their own way, but all falling into under the same category, yeah. put up on the same stage. That's why I don't believe in this internet shit, man. I believe that the the people who controls the most live human beings is always the one that's going to win, for sure. Mm-hmm. People used to faint when they fucking saw Michael Jackson, bro. Faint mm-hmm. at concert. He's on stage. <laughs> yeah, they'd be fainting, bro. Faint. Yeah. People used to faint when they saw the Beatles. People don't faint during that shit anymore. Nah. Like people, everything's too, everything's so close now. Accessible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's like, I think this shit's good for some artists and the people at the top and the people that own the streaming companies and whatnot. But I don't know. I think it's going to hit a bubble and I think it's going to have catastrophic consequences for the value of actual recorded music and uh, a lot of different kinds of art. And um, that's a big long rant I'm not going to go into. But I just feel like, I don't know, I feel like the sky is 
gonna start falling here soon and there's gonna be like a real boom cause like yo know, the video game industry almost went away like there was a video game boom in the in the 70s and in the early 80s it all plummeted there were so many fucking shitty games and so many people got in to try to imitate other consoles and stuff like that. There was so much inundation of it that people just all together were like, nope, no more. Stop fucking with it. And then the market just plummets. And like, we've been listening to music since, you know, we were living in, you know, tribes and caves and whatever. We've been making music for all of our existence as human beings. But it's like, what happens when we feel we have more than we need? you know less people listen to it it's not as special anymore and that's why street performers can still make a living because what they play is just right there that's how all music is going to become everyone's going to be like street performers there won't be any way to get rich off of it because there will be so much good shit everywhere all the time that it's just like you'll get your 50 cents here 50 cents there because you're just playing one thing that they may never hear again but you had them right there for just that little time I think that's how it's going to start being it's kind of how it is now. That's why you have these great fucking artists, these brilliant musicians with 300 followers on SoundCloud or Spotify or whatever. Mm. You know? There's just not enough ears and time right. in the day to right. fucking right. listen to music to even get to your shit, bro. Right. Because there's people like the Suicide Boys <laughs> that make right. fucking 38 albums and like... Right. You're right. You're right. I don't know, man. I think about it all the time, though. I'm just like, fuck, man. Is this really a career path I want to go down? It's not that there's no way to make money off of it, but it's not off-selling your music. Mm -hmm. That's why I just don't understand why these generation of people, they're all racing to get signed. It's like, yo, you're just the first to get exploited. Yeah, you definitely preach a lot of independence on that album. Like, the car is never signing. Absolutely. But you also said you almost uh, lost, like you almost signed yourself or something to somewhere or... Yeah. That was just referring to the times that I had made decisions over money, Mm -hmm. about money over artistry and how it made me feel and you know and just like different decisions I made to put me into situations that I was like fuck this is a bad situation and if I wasn't greedy I wouldn't have been here and so yeah I tend to try and listen to my uh, good guy self or my conscience or whatever more now Um, just the older I get because like the older you get you're not like, man, you get stupider when you're older. Like, you do get wiser to right. a certain degree, but you're right. stupid about some shit, too. And, like, I don't know. I can feel myself becoming more, like, stupid and superstitious <laughs> as I get older. And, um, but I don't know, man. Like, I, I just know I want to be in this shit for a long time. Because, mm-hmm. like, that's how I look at people like Quincy Jones or, you know, even Jimmy Iovine or Lyra Cohen or, like, a lot of these legacy-ass music you know, business people, <clears throat> they, uh, they're there for a reason. And you can't say that they don't care about it or a Steve Stout or people like that. Like, mm-hmm. those are a lot of the people I look up to because it's like, you know, they've been in the background of the entire culture. Not just behind the scenes with the music or behind the scenes with the fashion or whatever. Like, they've mm-hmm. been touching all of it. Hands on everything. They've yeah, been... Yeah. And, like, that's how I want to be. And that's how I've tried to be here in, in Cincinnati. It's just, like, an integral part of the machine. To where it's, like, if you take that part of the machine out, the machine doesn't work so well anymore. Huh. And um, <clears throat> I don't know. But I know I don't want to do it without people. I don't want to do it at the destruction of other people or entities or whatever. But 
you have two choices, which is either cooperate or compete when you get to a certain level. Like there's entities that, um, I mean, there's probably a dozen different ones I can name in hip hop, but there's things that you would look at that are like competitors, right? And it's mainly just because they're similar. Two different parties that are the same theme if they're on the same night or whatever. Who are those people going after? They're going after people that go out at night, like to drink, like to dance. And anything beyond that is just a bonus. But those are the three things they're trying to get. How many people in Columbus are actually doing that on a Tuesday night? It's not many. It's, it's from what my group is. Yeah. yeah. And so let's say on a Tuesday night it's only 300 people. Mm-hmm. Well, then you probably just split that in half. Or you split it to where 100 go here, 200 go here. Each of the shows are not really the full potential of what they could have been because they decided they're going to do their show on the same night. Fuck them. We'll get more people than they will. And it becomes a competition when they could have just picked up the phone and they could have said, you know what? I saw we're doing a show on the same night. I don't want to do that. We're going to move it to Thursday. Because now, especially if you want to collaborate with promotion, it's like now you can have all 300 people on Tuesday and I'll have all 400 people on Thursday. Mm -hmm. And so... That, those are your choices when you get to a certain point in the entertainment business. You can collaborate or you can compete. That's about it. Because if you're out there swimming on your own or whatever, just thinking nothing's going to touch you, it will. Mm-hmm. And you're just being naive. Because with me, on nights that I'm trying to do shows or whatever, I look at what's playing at the Schottenstein Center. I look at what's... I look at everything. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because it all matters. It's right. all the same group of people in the city. It's the same marketplace. So then your choice becomes... You can either try to get the biggest slice of pie in that pie or figure out how to make that pie bigger because it's either grow the market and bring more people that aren't into music into music and getting them engaged and activated and excited about live music or it's beating out everyone else that's within the smaller pie and getting your slice the biggest. But you don't really have to do that and compete and swallow people up and do all that if you just grow the market. Right. If you're finding new fans, if everybody's growing, then everyone's slice of pie can grow together and like that's how markets work. That's how a lot of this shit happens. And so with Cloud City, that's been a big goal of ours and what we're proud of is that we believe we're growing the market for local music and local events and things like that and local vendors and whatnot in Columbus by bringing all of them under one place and cross-promoting and exposing that. Mm-hmm. A lot of festivals just focus on the music aspect of it mm-hmm. or right. something like that. But we really wanted it to be as well-rounded as possible to, uh, I don't know, to get the maximum amount of people because, of course, we want a lot of people. We want to make money and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But we also wanted to see what's going to come out of Cloud City in the year after it and mm-hmm. shit like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Also, tell me to shut the fuck up, like, whenever. You got, it. You got, it. You got it, man. It's going to be a two-parter. Right, right. Where are we at? What's the number? Oh, on? we at 245. Oh, okay. Damn, for real? <laughs> yeah, we at 245. Yeah, I don't find that at all. I'm trying to think. Uh, it's going to two years. Yeah, we're going to be doing seasonal events. When do... uh? you have a date for your band at all? or? Um, we're going to try to have something out before the end of the year. Okay. 
at least some type of single or something. Right. Um, right now, we're just having fun making it because I miss that process a lot. Because I, you know, I recorded a lot of music before I would, you know, made music of Sam Rothstein or whatever. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of different kinds of music that I don't go showing it to everybody or whatever. Because it was more stuff that was just personal to me. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it was just one of those things. I just I just feel like uh, I'm on a bit of a journey and, like, there's different stops on it. And I have to... I had to do the guitar stop and the drum stop and the, I had to hit the podcasting stop and the video editing stop and I had to hit the filming stop and the blah, blah, blah. And the final stop, I think, is movie directing. And that's where it all is. Or beyond that, video game directing, which I don't even know if I want to do that. That doesn't even sound that fun, but, uh, but it could be. <laughs> but uh, I think that's where it's all heading for me. What type of movies do you want to direct? Like, do you have an idea... Yeah, I've got different... I know what my first film's going to be. I've started, like, pre-production of some kind on it already. Um, I prefer to not talk about it right now. That's cool. Okay, that's cool. Um, but no, I, I want to make... Uh, like, I have three different film ideas for what I know I want to do. And I definitely love crime movies and, like, detective stories and whatnot. I like war movies, but I don't want to do the traditional kind of war movie and uh, I don't know the first one I'm going to do is going to be a bit of a comedy and okay. drama type thing um, I don't know man I just love different kinds of movies but it's just different ideas I get that I want to play with and stretch out and explore you know what I mean so uh, but that's that's a goal of mine within the next like four years to have a movie made of some kind if we, oh, okay. if we can so. shit yeah soon mm-hmm I mean, man, I'm fucking 30, bro. Because that's the thing. I know I'm going up against other dudes that have been doing this since they were 18 and mm -hmm. they grew up in the suburbs and had, you know, their parents buying cameras and shit. My parents bought me cameras too, for the record. But uh, <laughs> I got one of my not, Christmas list this year. But that's the thing. Like, you know, a lot of that depends on the school you can go to. Like, a lot of these directors just went to big ass high schools, right. like rich ass high schools that had film programs in them and shit like that. Like, bro, there was nothing but an agricultural program in my school. Like, I went to school in the country. So, you know, I just have to learn all this shit myself. But now there's no fucking excuse because you have YouTube and you can just watch tutorials Everything, and just yeah. stuff. I just changed my headlight. Shit. I'm about to change my brakes all off of YouTube. Yeah, man. Like, it's great. The internet's such an amazing thing. I used to have a Buick and Buicks had this notorious error in them that the anti the anti theft system would just kick on and think you were trying to steal the car. So, so there's just start, yeah, yeah, when they start yeah, yeah. it off. And like this is like a big fucking problem for me because I was like, great, I just have a car, but it just simply won't start. And I figured out that's what it was. I changed the starter in it, I changed all types of shit. Mm -hmm. And so uh, you know, I went online and sure enough there's this website and there's this dude that I was like, yeah, I love my Buick and all this, and I'm an electrical engineer, and I realized what happened in the car, so I built this little box and instructions on how to install it in your car's computer, and it'll reroute it so it doesn't do this anymore, and like blah, blah, blah. And he sells them for 50 bucks, and it's just like, it covers shipping and everything. And he sends it, fucking put it in, works like a charm. And I was like, damn, problem solved. <laughs> <Right>. Thanks, <laughs> internet. Yeah. That's when I was just like, okay, the internet's dope as fuck. And the right. world's going to be okay. Like, right, the right, world's right. going to be just fine. Be good. Mm -hmm. 
everybody thinks this shit's getting worse and whatnot. It's really not, man. I don't believe that at all. Less people die from war every single year. Less people die from disease and famine than have ever before. Like, certain things will get bad and everything will be in flux. But, like, all together, the world is getting better. For sure. I believe that 100%. And so, because, like, yo, Blade Runner mm-hmm. takes place. It's about, like, a dystopian, fucked up, polluted future, right? And it was made in the early 80s. Takes place in 2019. Oh, and bro, like, Los Angeles does not look like, you know, it looks close. It looks pretty close, but like, still though, it's like, that out of reach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. They had hover cars and shit. Yeah. And, whatnot. shit. and so it's like, the world doesn't look like that. Right. It doesn't look like Back to the Future 2 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Biff world. But, uh, yeah, man. The internet's great. The world's great. <laughs> I, uh, I'm going to try and get as much music out by the end of the year as I can. Okay. So where can people find you, follow you? Um, you can follow me at Sam Rothstein Official on Instagram. That's the best way. Or just at Sam Rothstein on Facebook. Uh, Snapchat. I have no idea, but I'm on there. Uh, Twitter. I think it's Sam Rothstein or S Rothstein 614. Maybe. I don't know. Never really on there either. So, or you can email me, fucking <laughs> 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 official at gmail.com. Um, yeah, go follow the Cloud City 614 account. Go follow Pipeline underscore Ohio account. And I think that's the only one. Yeah. Oh, Space Camp HQ. Follow that too. And then Space Camp, when is this going to come out? This will be out uh, the tw- 20. Hold on a second. 26th. So what's that? 10 uh, days? September? Days. Yes. yes. Oh, okay. Because we have to drop when we <laughs> have our movie recording, our next one. Okay. Um, well, October 4th, I'll be at Orange Judio Studios for uh, October Jones release party. And then October, some other time, I'll be somewhere doing something. He's <laughs> <So, laughs> always at work. Man, stop. Yeah, so just look out for me. I'll be around. Thank you guys, though, man. No, man, we appreciate it coming through. It's an honor for, you to, for yeah, us to have honestly, you on for real. Yeah, man. I feel like I'm I made it now. I got, I got <laughs> high as shit, man. Man. Yo, that's, that's what we hear. That's what we hear. That's what people say. I mean, it's okay. All I have to do is just go sit down and laugh now. It's the best. It's the yeah, state of mind. Shower, I go to sleep to stand-up comedy on Pandora, man. I just let that shit play. But yeah, um, you coming through. You got any closing statements? Uh-huh. Shout out to everybody that listened. Episode 53. Mm-hmm. And this um, bitch. You yeah, bastard. I'm getting 2K20 soon. Send me your game attack so I can beat y'all. Really trash, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but are you? Oh, yeah, we out. You. Later.